0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal DiStefano,
1: Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You just found the world's number one fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump. In today's episode, we answered live callers' questions, but this was after a 54-minute introductory conversation where we talk about fitness, current events, our families, scientific studies, and much more. By the way, you can check the show notes for timestamps if you simply want to fast forward to your favorite part. Also, want to be on an episode like this one? Email your question to live at mindpumpmedia.com. Now, this episode is brought to you by some sponsors. The first one is Creatures of Habit. They make a high-protein oatmeal that tastes amazing. It's plant protein, so dairy-free for those of you that have dairy intolerances, easy to digest. It's got probiotics, vitamin D, digestive enzymes, Tastes amazing. 30 grams of protein. It's a great product. Go check them out. Go to CreaturesOfHabit.com. That's Creatures spelled with a K. So CreaturesOfHabit.com forward slash mind pump. Then use the code MP25 for 25% off. By the way, that's the biggest discount you'll get on Creatures of Habit anywhere. Uh, This episode is also brought to you by PRX, makers of home gym equipment that rivals the stuff you see in the gyms, except it's designed to maximize space. For example, they have squat racks that fold into the wall but they have lots of other equipment. Go check them out. Go to prxperformance.com forward slash mind pump, and through that link, you'll get 5% off. Also, we have a discount on three workout program bundles. Each workout program bundle gives you up to nine months of planned workouts, so nine months of expert workout programming, workout demo videos, sets, reps, exercises, everything. By the way, every one of these bundles – is $300 or more off. So very inexpensive, huge discounts, huge promotion. The three bundles are the new to weightlifting bundle, the body transformation bundle, and the new year extreme intensity bundle. If you want to learn more or you just want to sign up, go to mapsjanuary.com. All right, here comes the show.
2: T-shirt time. And it's T-shirt
0: time. Ah, shit,
2: Doug. You know it's my favorite time of the week.
0: We have five winners this week three for Apple Podcasts, two for Facebook. The Apple Podcast winners are L 26, Road Racer 1978, and Alathia. For Facebook, we have Jay Flynn, CCDT, and Carmen Elise Mickelson. All five of you are winners. Send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Uh, send your shirt size and your shipping address, and we'll get that shirt right out to you.
1: The best time of the day to eat a high-protein meal is breakfast time. In the morning. High-protein breakfast helps regulate insulin and blood sugar throughout the day, helps control your appetite throughout the day, um, and is great for muscle recovery. It also helps you hit your protein targets because when you get behind the eight ball uh, as the day goes on, it's really hard to hit those targets, especially if you need to eat a high-protein diet.
2: Is, there, is that a, a generic tip that you came up with or is there actually research no, to support lots, that it's- Yeah, no,
1: lots of research. So um, lots of studies showing that if you start the day with protein, the ups and downs you get in blood sugar, regardless of what you eat. So if if you eat high sugar later or whatever, the ups and downs are blunted in comparison to how they would be had you started the day with a high sugar, high carbohydrate meal or no meal whatsoever. So what it does is it helps regulate blood sugar throughout the day, regardless of what you eat. Now, why is that important? Because blood sugar highs and lows definitely contribute to behaviors um, that can, mm. like, for example, energy, energy levels for sure, energy levels, irritability, uh, cravings, and hunger. So when you control those, you're 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 in a better place to make better food uh, choices. Um, so that's yeah. one of the main reasons. And then of course, protein. Well,
3: yeah, not to mention it's hard to get protein at the end of the day. Like if yeah. you're behind. Uh, You know, to get it in early, you have a lot better chance of hitting your targets.
1: Yeah. And it's also, um, I mean, it it really produces great satiety. You know, I've been working with my cousin and he's been having me do like uh, his macros and stuff. And I told you guys about this, right? I'm having him track a couple things. And all I did was tell him, try to hit 200 grams of protein a day. He's, uh, He's a big dude, about 215. And now the two weeks is up. I had him do this for two weeks. We tracked his body weight this whole time. He got leaner and he built muscle and he didn't do anything else. He wasn't trying to eat less. He wasn't trying to do anything else. All he was doing was trying to hit 200 grams. And he told me, he goes, it's really hard yep. to hit 200 grams a day. And it makes me feel like not hungry. And I said, that's, that's the whole point. But he has to start his day with like 50 Four, grams, 40, of 50 grams at least. Otherwise he's screwed.
2: Yeah. I mean, that to me, when I think of back on like all the, the, the little hacks that were like somewhat basic that. Um, I implemented into my life that made a, a big impact on whatever my fitness goals were. I, for sure, the the dinner one that I talk about where I say, you know, plan your, your, your dinner that most people do that's kind of centered around, for the most part, like a meat, right? Like yeah. a meat-heavy type of dinner and just keep, you know, a, a good portion of that for breakfast and just add eggs, eggs and cheese to it. And you a high you, protein scramble, yeah. You got this protein scramble in the morning that's you know 40, 50 grams of protein, and it sets the tone for the day. Aside from the benefits of what it does for behaviors around cravings, which to me is just like a side benefit, the, my main reason for implementing that had nothing to do with that. It was like, man, I struggled like he did to hit 200 and something grams of protein every day if I did not actively go after 40 to 50 grams right out the gates, otherwise, I found myself at Noon, one, two o'clock, going. Oh shit! I've had ten grams of protein, and I gotta, I gotta get a hundred ninety more in the next, you know, five to eight yeah. hours. Like that's tough to do, right? Yep. Especially if you're eating, you know, relatively healthy and clean. It's really tough. to One,
1: do. one of the big challenges with uh, breakfast is that breakfast tends to be the meal that's the most rushed, right? So, if you think of lunch, we tend to have a lunch break. Um, if dinner, we're home, we could take our time breakfast. It's like, get up. I got a little bit of time. Got to go to work. Got to take the kids to school. So the problem, the challenge with a high protein breakfast is that protein, you have to cook it. It's not like in a box of cereal or whatever for the most yeah, part. Yeah.
2: But we have a situation. Okay. We have like the creatures of habit, like their oatmeal, I was just going to say their yeah. oatmeal has got 30 something grams. I actually think that the challenge is more just around the marketing. We've marketed to people that breakfast is this, you know, cereal, waffle, pancake. Super carb loaded meal. Yeah. And even like the the, the most breakfast food uh, is like uh, that is got some source of good protein or would be a good choice, would be eggs. And you know how many eggs it takes to get 40, 50 grams? Yeah, I, just, eat? I eat eight, eight eggs every day to hit. Yeah, and that's 15. just not... You, most people don't do that, no, right? That was you're, you're, you're a bit of an anomaly, uh, if, especially if you, you carve out the the bodybuilding community. Outside of that, I don't know Anyway, like There's no average American... I'm like, hey, what do you have for breakfast? They're like, oh, 12 eggs. <laughs> yeah. you know, nobody says that. No. You know? So most people are eating regular oatmeal, or they're, you know, eating cereal, or they're having pancakes, or they're having waffles, all these are super.
1: And, and that's why I was going to say, because yes, you could have a protein shake, but then some people are like, ah, but I want to eat something. I don't just want to have a protein shake. Uh, Creatures of Habits great because it's oatmeal with 30 grams of protein. You're so you literally just- Fiber too. So yeah. So. Eat fi- yeah. Fiber. It's got probiotics, right? Vitamin D. So you literally just, you know, I, I like the maple one, whatever the uh, maple, I don't know. I think the flavor is just maple you know add water or almond milk and then there you go and sometimes I'll do two of them I'll do two of them and give
2: me 60 grams of
1: protein and good complex carbohydrates that
2: I haven't done protein. I haven't doubled it up it's, one's been enough for me
1: I mean it's, it's uh, one. one it's, it's good it's pretty dense too it's it's just one packet of oats. yeah I know one of them
2: one of them feels good I haven't had a, I haven't done two yet I wonder how two would sit sit with me it if, if easy I, to
1: digest yeah isn't?
2: well because it's the they, he uses the vegan protein in there right yeah. so I mean I'm sure that I would digest it a lot better than like no doubling up of whey
1: yeah, it's no problem. So. You know, speaking of eggs, so I go to the grocery store yesterday. <laughs> this whole egg shortage thing is pretty pretty um, unnerving for me. Cause, did cause you, see, did like you see Justin's meme?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I just saw it. I was in the restroom. I started laughing. <laughs> oh, out. dude, I saw it. Oh, like, you, did did you did not go there. You did not go there. Yeah, thinking. I'm going there. I'm going to throttle down Was that a listener that sent it to you? Yes. Yeah, I love our you. audience, dude. Yeah. That You know, the coolest, maybe the coolest thing, about reaching it's fun the size that we have is that we have gathered enough thousands of people that are like minded, and so yeah. I don't even have to scour the internet sometimes no. for such good stuff. That just <laughs> no. I just open my DMs and back, I back
1: back when I used to be on Instagram, such a, such a privilege. People ask me where I used to get my memes. I didn't have to fi- find
2: memes. No, I know people you had like four them. or five dudes that were like just send them all. By to the you. way,
1: uh, I may be able to get back on Instagram. We don't know what's gonna happen, but. I might be able to get back on. I don't believe me. me. I don't believe. And if know. that happens, oh what do you what do you guys think? If I get back on, because I'm nothing. not going to start a new count, but let's say they let me back on. Uh how long do you think it would take for me to get kicked off again? Well it
3: depends. How hard are you gonna I mean, how hard are are you to go out of the gates? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like well, what, are, you,
2: are you gonna Twitter it? I mean, the way you did your, your no. tweeting, I mean I imagine it won't be long before they get rid of you again. <laughs> so if you go that route. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I the you know the thing that I think is most interesting to me about that whole situation is actually the how insignificant it is. I mean, kudos to the the model, the business model that we built because obviously nine ten years ago, even before Mind Pump existed, you know, I turned on yeah. YouTube and Instagram and Facebook with the intent of building a business around it, and of course, if I'm building a business around it, I would think that. It would require that monster to keep yeah. going. To I
1: had like a hundred something thousand followers, and I was pretty active. You know, yeah, yeah, no, were on it for sure. I they booted me, and it really didn't touch the business. which no. great. and I think no. if you own a business, that you need you should set it up that way to where one leg of the business doesn't, especially in social media, because they control it. Right, you don't own your content on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever they do, and
2: that's a dangerous position. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest mistakes I see young entrepreneurs make right now is and it's tough because i get it right so one of the advices i give around building a social media brand is to find which medium works best for you or or do you, Mm -hmm. you do you say short and witty things go to twitter if you like imagery and stuff like that go to instagram if you like long form podcast i mean long form written stuff do facebook or do blogs like or
1: Substack? a lot of people doing yeah, Substack, yeah or you like talking blogs, for a
2: long period of time do podcasts or youtube and so what it ha- ends up happening is people move into one of those they have success and then they kind of just stay there neglect the other yeah. ones and not realize the value i remember hearing gary v years ago and i just think it's he's looked at social media as as acquiring real estate and that you want to have some sort of real it doesn't mean that you can't have a bulk of your investing in one state or in one type of product like say you know duplexes you have mostly there but to to diversify amongst all of them in case we have like what happened to you where like you know your Instagram also gets shut down imagine if the entire business was attached to your Instagram
1: I had a buddy who was doing Facebook ads for his company and he went from making here's just another example you don't have to get kicked off he was making $700,000 a year in revenue from his Facebook uh, account with ads. They changed the algorithm. He went
3: from making seven hundred to seventy that's overnight. Crazy. Overnight, yeah. Overnight. I've heard a lot of those cases. It's That's frightening. It's
1: just putting too much, giving too much of your power away to someone else. Back back to the eggs. Play by their rules. Back to the eggs. So I want I to bring this up So because here's what's happening. I don't know if it's happening everywhere, but it's happening around here. I go to the grocery store. I walk in. There's eggs, and there's a sign that says "only two items per customer." So they're rationing eggs uh, Dude. so that people don't. And now, how many you ate every morning? Yeah, so I'm gonna have to go every day.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say,
3: like, what does that look like? So, you, you know
1: when,
2: do, when do people start shaming you?
1: <laughs> I eat I'm them. Gonna, I don't I'm throw gonna, them away. I'm gonna
2: start, start start shaming you. Yeah, yeah. somebody else is starving of eggs.
1: I would. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I would uh, try shaming me for eating eggs. Sell <laughs> the egg hoarder. And then show me your grocery cart. No, but here's what's dumb about this, okay? They're doing, I know why they're doing this, because they are trying to limit the amount of how the price fluctuates and how expensive they're going to get. Yeah. This is why that's dumb. In the short term, they think they're helping people. But in reality, what they're doing is they're not allowing the pricing signals to accurately reflect the supply and demand. Now, why is that important? Because if we let the egg prices reflect the true supply and people buy them and then they run out and then the prices go up even more and then people buy them and they run out and the prices go up even more, that sends a very powerful signal to suppliers (laughs) to make more and produce more eggs and more suppliers will enter into the market. So if we let the prices accurately reflect what's going on, we'll get the supply up faster than if we ration them. This is just you know how, how can I, so when I walk and I see them I'm like oh this is so people dumb.
3: can't see beyond just the price point yeah though you know I know so that's <laughs> where we're
2: at oh. Want to piss off Sal piss off do something with the free market right mm-hmm. that shakes up the free market some especially right when now.
1: that takes... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah now you're getting into my space. Yeah. it makes me so I'm <laughs> an eight-year... So dude yeah. I got to... did you oh you guys didn't even see this so I'm surprised you guys didn't see this she didn't tag anybody but um, which is probably why so um, in our forum one of our forum members, very fit young lady, followed map symmetry, and she did DEXA scans before and then two months later. So 60 days, okay? This is all map symmetry. So she followed map symmetry. Nothing else really changed. Diet was the same. Everything was pretty good. She gained three pounds of muscle, lost eight pounds of body fat, which is great. But here's the real cool thing. You guys have done DEXA scans before? Have you? Yes, yes. Okay. yes. So, I don't know if I have. So, DEXA scan will show, um, you know, like lean body mass on one side versus the other side. Yeah. So, to give you an example, her left leg had 18.7 uh, pounds of lean body mass, her right leg had 19.2 pounds of lean body mass. After map symmetry, the left leg 19.1 pounds of lean body mass, the right leg, 19.2. Almost oh. became completely balanced. Wow. Same thing happened to her arm. That's sick. Where the arms went from the left being smaller than the right. After map symmetry, right and left were identical. So it literally balanced out her right and left, as evidenced. Did you send that to Doug? I was trying to find out the form. I wanted to see it.
2: it. Did you? Do you see it, Doug? Yeah,
1: I don't. Her name is Amber Horton, and um, she's
3: in our private form. And she posted. this. What a cool way to yeah assess that too. I
1: do. I encourage people if you have if you have access because the Dexa scan is the only thing that'll show. Oh, you pulled it up there, Doug. What What does the right, uh, the right, the left arm? I kind of cut it off. Did it show there?
0: That's uh, that's Andrew.
1: Not oh, Andrew, sorry. Six pounds of lean body mass on the left arm, 6.3 on the right arm. After map symmetry, 6.3, 6.3. So everything literally balanced out.
2: That's cool. You know what's wow, cool? Look at her, 18.7, 19.2, then 9.1, 9,
3: 19.1, 19.1. Now,
1: how big of a difference do you think this will make on things like barbell squats, deadlifts, bench of press, course, overhead right? press? Of course. Yeah,
3: you're much more balanced. Like, your output's going to be louder because it's like... You know, you're getting it from both sides equally.
1: Now, here's something else about this that that's dawned on me when I saw this. Because she's obviously very fit. She's not a beginner. So she, she doesn't look like that because she didn't map symmetry. She's already really fit. And you'll see if you watch this on YouTube, we'll post her picture. But here's what's interesting. At, after a certain point when you've been working out for a while, it's really hard to build muscle. <clears throat> this is in a phenomenal way to uh, basically introduce novelty and bring up a weak body part and then just add muscle to your body. Had she not followed map symmetry, she would not have built as much muscle because her body was already so accustomed to doing things bilaterally. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. so because she did the unilateral training and the way we design map symmetry is really bring balance between the right and left, because she did that and it was so novel, not only did she balance right and left out, she also built more muscle had she not done that at all, had she followed some other program, even one of our other programs.
3: Right, she would have kept prioritizing the That's same right. way she'd lived, which one would build up the stronger side and That's not right. necessarily what get that cool. kind of what game. Isn't well, that awesome? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I didn't even so see
1: that. So if anybody's following map symmetry, try that, go get a sand before and after and see how balanced out it makes the right and left. And then, of course, aesthetically speaking, when things are more balanced, um, we all know that symmetry, well, we don't all know, but science shows that symmetry is a, is a very strong predictor of what you know, people would consider beauty, right, or aesthetics. So it really balances out the body, yeah. remarkably. Yeah, Isn't yeah. that cool? Wow, yeah. that's
3: really cool. Yeah, yeah, I thought
1: that was uh, that was uh, pretty rad. Dude,
3: um, did you guys see? So okay, I, I'm not sure if you are familiar with this one guy who got like a viral video out there. He was a homeless guy. His name was Kai. Um, he's famous for, I guess, like Kai, the homeless guy. Yeah, he, Kai, the homeless guy. He was. Um, he had this interview and um, was. I guess his, his famous catchphrase was like smash, smash, smash. And he was on like Jimmy Kimmel show and all this stuff because he saved some lady, uh, that was, um, I guess getting like, um, abused or or something from this guy. the, The story is crazy. It goes back to like, show you like how, um, as, as media picks up on these kind of like, viral sensation people like they don't do a lot of good investigation and homework on the actual character of the person first uh and so it unfolds later and you start to find out like what a absolute creep this guy was oh really yeah and like how so so everybody
1: was like kai's great yeah
3: originally he was like in a van with this guy who i guess so the narrative was like he this guy in this van um hit uh, some some other guys this black guy and they kind of made it like a um like a racial thing like he was like targeting like this this black guy and trying to 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 hurt him with with the van and then gets out and then um this lady comes over to help seeing thinks it's just an accident and then the guy gets out and and starts attacking the lady uh, that's trying to help and then Kai the homeless guy that's in the car gets out and then like he has a hatchet on him and so then he hits the blunt side of the hatchet on top of the guy's head like twice and then turns it and hits it with the other side, which then leaves like a gouge in the guy's head. Anyway, the guy goes to the hospital, all this stuff. The, the media picks it up as like this heroic story, right? Like, like Kai, like save this lady. Wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, Hold on. That was the good thing. I mean, he defended
3: her, but holy shit, he used that exactly, exactly, (laughs) right. So, so a little bit of a red flag, like the guy's (laughs) a little violent, you know, like he's got a little bit of violent uh, tendencies here. (laughs) He He just act swept over because yeah, whatever they just wanted to create and run with.
2: Doug, can you be pulling up some articles for me or something like this while he's talking about this? Yeah,
3: Yeah, so it's really a fascinating um, human psychology kind of like documentary. It goes through this whole thing of like. Uh, how he just was this crazy, rambunctious kid who'd like so you get one story from one person that was like his mom was abusive by locking him in his room, and uh, and then her story is that he was so unpredictable and crazy that she had to lock him in the room otherwise he was gonna hurt himself and other people, and so it's like he's a convicted
2: murderer. Yeah. Oh, and he's a hitchhiker, not a not a bum. He's not
3: homeless. Oh, he's a hitchhiker. Well, whatever. That was the that was like the title of like it was Kai the Homeless Guy. But yeah, he's he's a uh, hitchhiker.
2: Wow. Oh, okay, so it still makes sense. So he's just he's probably he's a nomad, right? But he's a nomadic, yeah. He's... he's not like he Right, right, right. Where was this out of, Justin? Uh and, LA, I believe. And was the this is like a they did like a Netflix documentary on it? Yeah. Oh okay. yeah, so the
3: Netflix documentary gets into all the details and everything, but I just I thought it was crazy because it's like he's this viral sensation, and then like in and everybody was gonna pay him so much money to be like interviewed and all this stuff and the, half the story is just all these like networks trying to get him and he wouldn't like agree to it and then finally one person can find him because he's like this uh, nomadic hitchhiker guy that like nobody could find and so this this guy like that was his uh like like had some connection to like a Jimmy Kimmel show finally gets him and then gets him on the
2: show and then uh and
3: later on like his rise to fame just like completely
2: I'm always super f- skeptical s- of of I I think it's so interesting how we um you know glorify the famous actors and actresses and we're we're quick to jump on because it, it makes a good story it's like oh my god or even like when people ask me questions about like you know uh, you know what athletes do you admire or what you know it's like right. I, there's I just I don't admire athletes. I mean, I, I respect and think it's amazing what they do. I don't by any means. For their athletic skill. I yeah, I don't take anything from from what they do on the court. I think it's. Uh, you know,
1: like Michael Jordan, is. that's where I, yeah, I get my I mean, how to be a better father.
2: Yeah. like I, there's, I don't <laughs> exactly. admire him, right? Yeah. Like I respect his game and I'm like, wow, that's crazy. That's so sick. Like that's cool. But I don't, because of that, what he, his discipline to become great at a sport or great at acting or fill in the blank. I don't all of a sudden translate into like, I should admire this person, you know, or I should emulate who they are as a person because they have this one characteristic.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't mean they're great at anything else.
2: Right. So I mean, they have one great, great characteristic that made them like stand out from everybody else, but they could be terrible at all these other things. You know, how, how weird is it
1: that a few, like a, I don't know, I don't know, six decades ago or so, it was not uncommon for people to hitch rides. I know. Like, like people used to hitchhike all the time. Oh, yeah, all the time. You know, what's funny
3: about that, too, is, like, uh, we didn't have, like, that immediate information access either. Like, I guarantee it was way more dangerous than they they presented it back, even in the 70s, right? That's,
1: like, the, the start of all the serial killers. It was so accepted. This is real now. This is a toy that it's was created. so dangerous. They created a toy in the sixties. I don't remember the name of it. Maybe Doug could find it, but literally a kid would fill out a form with their name and their address and whatever. And they'd leave it somewhere and people would, the, the 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 toy essentially was that it hitchhiked all the way back to you. So you'd travel somewhere, drop it off and then people would pick it up and, Oh, I'm going in that direction. And they'd pass it along. And then maybe you'd come and get it and be like, Oh, it came back to me. And then parents realized, it has my kid's name and address
2: on it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a real thing? Yes. Look that up. What is that, Doug? Yes. I didn't even know that was the a real thing. The kids' hitchhiking toy. I mean, I've to- I think I've told you guys before in high school, it was. It <laughs> is was- Tommy here? I got your toy. <laughs> hey, Tommy. <Yeah.
1: laughs>
2: when we were in high school, uh, a, a common prank <laughs> we used to do is because uh, it was that common that you, it, we there was always a hitchhiker in town. Always. Like all through high school, you every day you saw at least one. That's how common it was. It was yeah. that common. And I don't know if that's because where I grew up, Oakdale was this like commuter town where like it's yeah. the last main stop before. You I never did, really saw much before you go to Yosemite, it. or if you could be going the other direction before you go to the Bay Area, it's like this first most. So I think a lot of people would hitchhike from there. Um, so in high school, it was it was just like a, a common prank that you you see one and then you you pull over like 50 yards up and you go, hey come on and you get him to run and then you take off wow to do that all the time it was just like a stupid high school kid yeah. thing you know what I'm right, saying of course. be hilarious to get him they'd be running with their bags and shit falling and so like that come on hurry up all come excited on. yeah, yeah. <laughs> all excited that's so mean <laughs> oh I mean it's oh. not if they were a serial killer right if you have oh. a different view on it if there's a good chance one of them was a serial killer I mean, that we...
3: statistically speaking
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I did it that much that we for sure sped off on at least one serial killer. I'm trying to find it
1: because I'm trying to find the name of the toy. I'm I'm helping you look here, Doug. So
3: either so so you're in this situation, right? So either the hitchhiker because usually they're armed, right? So this guy had a uh, uh, an axe, right? Had a hatchet on him, right? Or you're the driver that has like a gun or like whatever in there, and it's like what are the motivations of both parties? You know, like coming into that uh, situation. It's just like it's all bad. Oh, that's,
1: yeah. yeah. But you know know what else? What other toy was totally changed? You you guys ever try to buy a slinky? It's not at all the same. What? Really? Uh, like the the latest ones? There's, they're plastic. They're metal? Oh, they don't oh. make the real heavy metal, do that. like yeah. amazing ones that we had. We yeah, were, but is there
2: any other logic other than it's cheap?
1: No, it's, it's because cheap, right? the metal was people kids would wrap wrap around each
2: other's necks. <laughs> <laughs> is that why? Yeah. No, bro, you can't of buy. They, I know. I'm not disagreeing. You can't buy, it, but I would think it's because it's expensive.
1: Because it's I think the metal was sharp and kids
0: were hurting each other because they were around. Really? I'm pretty sure my that, says, did that to me. <laughs> I don't know I'm still trying to find this hitchhiker thing.
2: A, yeah, he's made up two things today in this episode no, already. No, it's yeah, real. Two things. It's
1: real. I bet Andrew will find it. It's an old toy. I want to say from the 60s or 70s. I did not like, know that. Had was to a, cancel.
2: I've never heard that. Yeah. Uh.
1: No, no. So the original Slinkies are like heavy metal. Now I, no, I and know they would that. Actually
3: go yeah, because you watch them go to the stairs, yeah. and they, so I would imagine the These plastic, plastic ones, one
2: won't even. No, they don't. They I've suck. actually I've you. actually tried to use the plastic. They suck. They totally suck. They don't have enough so, Yeah,
0: it's like what's the point? They, so they still make metal see, slinkies. Yeah. I well, did, go
1: find one of the uh, somewhere. I couldn't yeah, find it's one. it's resident money, Target. bro.
0: It's cuz they're cheap. Amazon. No,
2: it's
1: cuz they're right. cheap. Well, That's, I went I the went reason to the reason why
2: they to plastic is that that much metal compared to that much plastic is nothing now. Yeah. It's like sense on
1: the I was dollar. like, "Oh, this will be fun." And I'm like, "Look, at you know, this is not going to be fun. This is stupid." Did you find his? Yeah, yeah that be point the second thing one. he
0: made up. No. Yeah, I found the slinkies Oh, so now it's like science tools or whatever. Oh, the original. You got to buy the original. stupid, too. Okay. So,
2: give its it you want lie, to strangle gonna, you're let, you're not going to let him lie twice people. in a podcast, are you? Find, him, find I am not find the other one, <laughs> so we'll, we'll keep looking. I couldn't two, find it. Two lies in one podcast. <laughs> you we'll might have, have to even go to the dark west for that thing. one. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. find
1: it. Anyway, speaking of uh, of homeless people, did you guys see that, that viral clip? Yeah, that viral clip of that, that store owner in San Francisco?
2: Oh, I was going to bring that up. Okay, so that was on my notes.
1: Yeah, Oh, so they talked about that on the All In
2: Podcast, Yeah, that's why it was on my notes. Did you hear about this?
3: No, no, tell me.
1: There's
2: this art gallery
1: owner it's a small business and just you know how san francisco is lately it's just the 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 homeless people camp out anywhere and the cop police can't do anything about it and yeah they just kind of take doing drugs so this person's business is just tanking which first of all owning a business storefront in san francisco anyway is like you're probably going to fail it's hard yeah but now on top of it they have she's got this this business owner has homeless people camped out in front can't do anything about it can't get rid of them so the viral video is them coming out with a water hose and spraying.
2: Oh, them. I saw it.
3: Blast the guys blasting the. the, the, guy guy. Blasting the yeah, yeah.
1: Or I mean the
2: wall. guys on All In. I mean I Sal obviously that, presented yeah. it to support our argument. Um, for sure, for sure the way he presented it, it yeah. was presented different on the other. The way it was presented on the All In podcast. Yeah, mean that you're spraying. Jason, it. yeah, Calcanis presented it. Who's a bit of the you know the the woke one of the four of them and he presented as like never is it okay to like spray a homeless person i can't believe he did that and then the other guys they, they had a nice little debate and conversation about it like but if they, they throw
3: poo on you
2: well that's I mean that's the other guys were like well you know what we don't know is what how did it escalate to that I mean do yeah. you think the store owner just walked out and saw a homeless guy on the curb and then just started blasting him or had there been a series of altercations and conversations and please leave my store and hey I'll shit on my, I'll shit on the front of your door yeah. if I want to. like you don't know what was said and who's in the right or wrong in that situation Yeah I don't
1: know if I'd go out and like I don't know how I'd react if I had a small business with someone no, doing it's, that it's I think that's mean but... or whatever I don't think that's cool either Oh I know for for but, Sure, I
2: would do that if that person escalated it in other ways too. Because like you're not you going to, what you're not going to do is well, beat him up. No, right? No. So, like, if, if, let's like, literally, if he yeah, shit, if they won't move, if he shit in front of like, as a FU, like, like if I said, please move away from my store, like, you're, you're, people are afraid to come in because you're, you're camping on the floor in front of my store, and he didn't. And then I asked again, and he goes, "I'll shit in front of your door." And then he shits yeah. in front of my door. I would absolutely spray Which, his ass with a hose. Yeah. I would.
3: Yeah, that's a likely scenario. I mean, I unfortunately, like, I used to be very like, I'm gonna help and like do whatever I can. And you know, when you live in it, it's it gives you a completely different perspective.
1: Well, you you think about your family, you think about your own business, and then you real and you're also it's also frustrating because what they need is. Mental health services. That's what and needs to and They
3: need help with drug abuse.
2: Well, there's the, the vast majority of them. That's the compassionate argument. It's
3: a lot argument. less of like down and out and more a mental illness. Hundred That's problem.
2: that's the compassionate argument there, because right, because even even the statement that I said, I would absolutely spray them if they did X, Y, and Z. I mean, does that story change uh, if, if they're like crazy? If they're crazy, right? Yeah. And they're mentally ill, and I do that, right? I don't know. I think when you're in that situation, you if I if I were to escalate it to that point. i probably i probably tried other ways first you know to get the person to do it and then they have escalated to a point where i can't take it to that level because i'll be a really bad person if i get yeah
3: it's a touchy touchy subject for people that are on the outside especially because like too i've seen businesses decimated downtown santa cruz because people would literally vandalize every single day every single day yeah and like go through the trash and then like like put their shit and smear it on their windows and like, just like abhorrent stuff. This is a, it's a mental health and drug abuse crisis.
1: That's being politicized as a housing shortage. No. And a job shortage. It's not, it's not shortage of jobs. It's not that there's a shortage of housing. It's that they, that there's lots of mental illness. And then the, and especially in San Francisco, the ease of access to some of these drugs. In fact, mm-hmm. they will give you drugs. Yeah. They, will, they, they will put you in an area and they'll give you a supply of yeah. drugs and money. Madness. And so you'll actually, there's actually people Enable interview you. And, and they'll take them down on social media. But the interviews, if you see them before they get t- taken down, are these homeless people like, oh yeah, like why would I leave? They, I get free drugs. I get, yeah. I get money to buy food. There's no stipulation. They're not saying, hey, you can't do drugs here if we feed you or whatever. So um, there's an issue there. Uh, and, and I think they need to be put in mental health um, services. Yeah. I wouldn't mind paying for that at all. Right. Because that would help the issue. Otherwise, we're stuck with this. Like,
3: what uh, do you do? 100% agree. Yeah. It's, that's the, the only solution I see. And it's just really it, 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 everything I've seen personally and like everybody lives within the proximity of it. It's like. It's just, it's not, (laughs) there's not a lot of them looking for uh, aid and help to get on their feet or anything, which is what you would hope.
1: You're not in the right state of mind. So to ask them if you're, if you're, if you're in that place, if you've ever dealt with somebody like a friend or family member that's really addicted to substances or is just not all there, they they don't want help or they don't even know that they need help or they think you're crazy. So it's like, what do you do? What do you do at that point, right? So,
3: It's a tough Yeah,
1: really, really tough uh, situation. Uh, Anyway, I I was reading this article on at-home workouts. And the pandemic, which now we've obviously been out of it for a little while. But during that period of time, a lot of people obviously started working out at home. They recently did another survey of these people. The majority of them, 60-something percent, say, I'm going to continue just to work out at home and not go back
2: to the gyms. I mean, it happened to me. Remember, mm-hmm. I, if you remember, before, oh, you were against it. I was, yeah, I was uh, totally. You know what it did? It just conditioned me, and I said, eh, at this point, and I, I still stand by the original things that I said about why I like going to the gym. Mm-hmm. The truth is, it forced me to figure out what it was like to not have that, and so I've learned to focus on the aspects I like about have just working out at home, yeah, the convenience, yeah. So you know and so now i'm like well you know like where i'm at in my life right now if i was like competing for a show okay it'd be a different story i would need that external motivation and the hype of someone else training near me yeah. and like i don't give a shit you know or i'd want the diversity of all the different machines stuff like that with my prx setup i yeah. mean i got everything that i need to keep a healthy strong fit physique and so it's like and I, and ever since, especially since we've done MAPS 15 and stuff like that, <laughs> I've really kind of adopted this. I'm in a really different place lifting wise in my life than I've ever been. Um, it's, it's been solely motivated off of how I look for most of my life. And I, I really say fatherhood has really shifted that more than anything. Although I was already after bodybuilding, I really wanted to get away from that. Cause I got really tired of being like, like, you know, pigeonholed into being the bodybuilder guy. So there was a part of me that like revolted. You got sick
1: of being objectified for your body. <laughs>
2: yes, <Yeah, it's just, laughs> I'm not I a just, piece of meat. I did not get. I didn't like. I being, hate being so sexy. Like I did know yeah. not that at all. That part I liked. I did not get. I did not like it. I did not like being labeled though as like the bodybuilder guy because yeah. it's just not who I was. And so I think it started there. Then, then the pandemic, fatherhood, all kind of pushed me into this different direction. And now. You know, my training truly is to complement my my life versus like this thing that I was doing for such a long time to obtain kind of a look. Now, you knew logically
1: that the tons right. of variety at the gym with all the different machines, all that stuff, you knew logically, because we would talk about this, that it really wouldn't make a difference in terms of what kind of results you can get, all that stuff. But now that you're doing it and you're working out, because what do you have? You have a PRX rack, yeah. barbell, Weights, dumbbells, adjustable yeah. bench, right? Yeah. Okay.
2: Easy curl bar and stuff like that. Like basic home gym stuff. Yeah, right?
1: yeah, yeah. Now that you have that and you're going through it, like, did, is anything surprising you about how like you don't need tons of things or whatever? Well, or is you know, because you knew
2: it already. Well, you know what? I, what is what is interesting? And so I think the biggest thing that I that I noticed is this. Okay, so let's say I went to the gym and it was an unmotivated day and I think you can relate to this because I think we've talked about this before, unmotivated or just not feeling great. And so that might be a day where I spend 50 minutes of like machine stuff. Oh, I see. How, getting a little pump and so that calling workout. That obviously doesn't happen now. So if I have an unmotivated day, I'll actually probably train less time, but I'll do one or two very effective movements. Oh. I will deadlift or I will squat. So the
1: efficiency is much higher.
2: Yeah. So it's actually kind of interesting the like what happens now. Like the if I drove to the gym and I did not want to be there and I got there, I stay there still for an hour. Yeah. But then the the way I mosey around the gym, the exercises that I choose are you know cable stuff, yeah, pec deck, just sit on a machine. Yeah, 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 just kind of. But but I get a little pump and then feel like okay, I, I did the work today, so I didn't I didn't not not go. Where now, I won't stay in my garage gym for an hour just to, just because I went there. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh, I am not, I don't feel like it today. But you know what, I can do three sets of squats, yeah. And, and I'll, then I'll make this commitment that I'm only gonna do that. And then I'll go do that. Many times that leads to another exercise or two or like more of a routine like maps fifteen looks like. And I end up doing that. And I find that I'm I'm getting probably better benefits because of it's so crazy. The extra exercise selection, which nothing I could have, I don't think I could have foreseen that yeah. until I just kind of went through it. And then being totally honest with myself and removing it and going like, okay, what are the pros and cons? Of of this, you know, having just this PRX situation at home and not getting the gym, like I I I know that I admittedly like and think is superior. Yeah. Uh, I I've found that there's benefits that I didn't think I was going to see from having the. I've gym. noticed the
3: same. It's very much more of an efficiency thing, mm-hmm. like a, in that
2: environment,
3: because it's like I. If you're in the actual like commercial gym, it is it's nice to kind of just drift around and like try all the different types of machines or do things you like wouldn't typically do. But for me and like my home gym, it's like, okay, I'm here. Usually it's like a five by five or like I'm just doing the compound lifts and I'm out, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm not like no fluff. Like my workout, um time is, is gone almost in half. It's like 30 minutes or it's the 15 minute protocol. Have you
1: yeah. guys tried you guys haven't tried the all day workout yet, right? Where were you
2: I've done so I haven't done exactly like a protocol like you have, but already a few times Katrina and I have done these like you go three, visit? three to four ten minute bouts. Isn't it wild? Yeah, no. I, I mean I I love it. That's what I mean. Like it's my way of training is really it's very unstructured in the sense that I'm not like following this protocol of this is what exercise I do on these days and rest periods and this, that. It's like I have more of this attitude of I understand very much so the value of all these movements. And sometimes I only commit to going in and doing that one movement. And what that leads to many times, either me staying in there longer and doing more or... I felt so good. The rest of my day is energized. I find another 10-minute break. I come back in, do another movement, and then go back to my day, I'm do my thing, come back, do another movement.
1: I, people need to try this. If you have a home gym, this is hard to do with a gym, Gym, but if you have a home gym, what I would do is every other hour, I would do <clears throat> like three sets of two exercises, and they were big gross motor movement movements, so like squats and bench press. And I would do that every other hour starting at 9 a.m., and I would stop somewhere around 4 or 5 p.m., And I'd feed myself in between, make sure I had protein, carbs, the whole deal. The intensity was moderate, so I wasn't hammering myself. The total volume that I would add up of squats and bench press, for example, in that that scenario, was so much higher than I would ever do during a regular workout because it was so spread out. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel nearly the fatigue that I should have, and some weird things would happen. I would get stronger halfway through, which is weird. After three or four of them, I was like, i all of a sudden got hella stronger. And then the days afterwards, I felt like it's that feeling you get when you do like a new super effective routine where you could tell like, oh, I think I built something where I—it's really wild. I, 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 if you have all day uh, and you have a home gym, you got to try it out. Do you think crazy?
2: Do you think there's a little bit of a a a biased for us because we have so many years of experience in lifting that you know that's and maybe if I was like a twenty year old with only a couple maybe a year let's say under my belt of lifting and um i was following a similar protocol that i kind of do right now which is like i said this you know in to do an exercise out and do you think that because i've spent so much time under the iron i've built so much muscle over the years that that's all it takes is a couple big gross motor movements and it kind of wakes up my entire cns and my all my muscles and it's like oh, we remember this, and then it comes back on faster. I mean, that
1: would be true with any routine, but I'll I, you know, i make this argument. But I mean,
2: that's I'm saying that because of that, I, I see even more value from that. And maybe when I'm 20, I'd be like, this isn't doing anything. You know what? I'll make this argument.
1: Imagine <clears throat> all of us were training a, a kind of a relatively new 20-year-old kid, maybe some athletic background, but no strength training. Now imagine doing an hour workout with them versus... Three 20-minute workouts spread out, morning, afternoon, and evening, same volume, same everything. Do you think you would be able to get more out of the three 20-minute workouts or out of the one 60-minute workout?
3: Yeah, the 320. Yeah. So
1: yeah. I, I, that's how I feel too. I feel like fatigue, because fatigue is a strength and muscle building killer. This is why yeah. when you that's why you rest between sets. That's why you so I feel like you probably would get better results. Your performance would be way better. The only reason why nobody works out that way is it's extremely inconvenient. Nobody yeah. wants to work out three or four times. That's why I say take a day, you have a home gym, and then experiment. Take the day off and be like, I'm going to do this all day. And in between, I'll eat and watch TV. That's what I would do. Yeah. And uh, I did it a few times with Jessica, and it was, it was crazy.
2: You know, speaking of that, do you see the, I, I don't know who shared it. I saw it on social media. It's making its rounds right now. Uh, and of course, it's how this, this is how this stupid game works. Um, You know, in the last, I would say, year or two, I mean, we were talking about cold immersion and and cryotherapy, you know, when we first started this thing eight years ago. Uh, But it seems like it's become very popular in the last year to two years. And so, like, everybody's ice bathing now, right? Like, everybody is uh, in the fitness space. And then the only people that are not are the people that are taking the counter stance on it. And so there's now that wave of people that, yeah. <laughs> that are trying to take a stance against it and either one, minimize the value of it or two, even trying to take a stance on how it's uh, impeding on recovery and stuff. Have you seen the-, the, <clears throat> the Yeah,
1: like there was this one yeah. Justin shared with me where this these, they were trying to say, they were comparing active recovery to cold water immersion, which I think is an unfair comparison. Yeah. Um. Nothing, nothing is going to substitute- <clears throat> or nothing that we know of will substitute things like active recovery or like strength training. For example, uh, occlusion training or BFR, blood flow restrictive training. It builds muscle really lightweight. Will it replace traditional strength training? No. I think it's an interesting thing you can add to your current right, routine. Right. So I think cold water therapy, I don't use it for recovery. No. I don't think that's a good way to use it. Unless Ooh. you're an athlete that's like at the limit and you're doing double days or yeah, you have to play a Double days,
3: game. exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. You're going to play in the morning, play again in the afternoon, yeah. and you want to you got to be able to perform again. That's different, but for most people cold water therapy, forget the recovery benefits. It's for immune boosting. It's to yes. help help regulate your central nervous system. It's for the energy boost. You're using it wrong in my opinion if you're doing it for the recovery. Oh yeah,
3: it it reminded me a lot of like fasting and yes. like, you know and like how people are totally just well, using that for weight loss. For and yeah, it's the total wrong way to to really like put a lens on it because there's so many health benefits to cold water immersion, like for overall uh, health and immunity and Um, you know, just like a lot of, of other like holistic health benefit other than just like gaining muscle. And so like, if you're just like a a bro that just wants to build muscle by all means necessary, those are really the ones that will pay attention to a study like that. And then be
2: like, oh, well, this is like completely worthless. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's such a good analogy to compare it to the fasting thing, because I think both those things have become popular for the wrong reasons. Like fasting became popular for the weight loss benefits. But if you've listened to us talk about it for a long time, it's it's not the benefits at all. Same thing for the cold immersion. Cold immersion has become popular for its recovery, you know, and stuff like that. And athletes have used it in sports for so long. But that's never been the reason why we share and talk about it. And so it's funny that the, the, the angles that people will try and take to be, you know, counter- are the wrong ones, in my opinion. It's just like, well, I mean, I guess you can you can make that argument as far as it hindering recovery. Because I can, I can, by the way, too, I could argue it the other way too. You could argue it both ways, because you could argue that it may it may dampen the 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 recovery process by doing it right after, but if it also boost your immunity, makes you feel better, potentially helps you sleep later on that night, yeah, adds those if you're benefits an Overall
3: healthier person, and, yeah. Right. So
1: and, I'll use an I'll use an analogy. Okay, so NSAIDs, right? Non-steroidal anti-inflammatories yes. like ibuprofen. Right. That blocks to an extent the inflammatory process. Obviously they're anti-inflammatories, but it blocks the infla- the inflammatory process that leads to muscle growth. In other words, if you work out and then take a bunch of ibuprofen after, you're going to blunt somewhat the muscle building process. So then you got the meatheads were like, never take ibuprofen, whatever. Okay, well, what if you got a really bad headache and you're going to bed and you can't sleep? And you're like, forget it. I'm not taking ibuprofen, so I'm just, just not going to sleep So I don't build muscle. And, and where do you
3: recover the most? <laughs> sleep.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. so th- you got to weigh it out. That's right. And so then maybe taking it will help you sleep, which is going to outweigh the whatever potential, you know, muscle building signal blunting effects of the NSAID, right? Dude
3: nuance is just too hard right <laughs> yes. i think that's what it is but yeah you know what <laughs> cavemen t- just if can't, can't handle in the in a nuance. video get rid yeah. of it muscle. any chance to make fun of the bodybuilding community, you asshole <laughs> i'm just I, I get it's just cringe dude it's hard for me i'm sorry
1: <laughs> hey that tell you guys i don't know if i brought this up on a previous <laughs> podcast Did i tell you guys about what i read this article about Neanderthals and Homo sapiens. Did I bring that up before? No. Did you about, talk about it? i no, has it been think on so. there. But... Start it. Let me hear it. Okay. So, so you know how like most humans have some Neanderthal DNA, yeah. so they'll test so some some regions of the world where they don't find any, but in in many parts, especially in Europe, when they'll test uh, our DNA, they'll see that there's some Neanderthal DNA. So they know that um, you know that our ancestors and Neanderthals because they're they're do, yeah. two different.
3: They did the dirty.
1: they're They're different species of uh, of uh, you know uh, Homo erectus or whatever, right? of primates that they at some points mated, and then for some reason, the Neanderthals went extinct. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of theories as to why the Neanderthals went extinct. First off, they thought, oh, well, we're so much smarter, but the reality is there's lots of evidence that they were very complex. They were intelligent, they developed tools. So they were pretty smart themselves. So they're like, okay, well, um, like what was it? Were we better hunters? Well, there's evidence that they were very successful hunters. They were quite strong, actually sturdier than than we were. So there's this new theory that I read. So when a male Neanderthal, because they look at the DNA, right? If a male Neanderthal mates with a female homo sapien, that they can't have a baby. It doesn't work. Hmm. But if a male homo sapien mates with a female Neanderthal, she can get pregnant. Uh, so they think what happened was Homo sapiens were taking over their tribes. Outbred and just, them. Yeah. Just taking their chicks and just
2: breeding oh, wow. them. Yeah.
1: Outbred yeah. them. So, basically, we just made a bunch of-
2: How do you things? how do you make peace with, like, <laughs> stacking theories on theories <laughs> on theories to come to- the, I mean, we just talked the other day- I, you know, As I'm talking, I'm looking at your face and- like, you, you know, you know- Okay, and, I'm, and, and let me make this clear- How so do they know, Sal. I've read all these same things, yeah. Sal, so- I, I mean- know. I just, it's we just, fun, dude, we just, just talked That's the way to approach it. It's fun. It's fun to to <laughs> to try and take wild fucking guess and 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 say maybe this, maybe that. But it's like we it have something to do with the Y chromosome. I, we They're just actually. talked about. We just talked about DNA that we share with certain animals and d- digestive systems that are completely opposite to other. And it's like we make these like, oh, there's a there's a fraction of this DNA that we share with this. Therefore, we probably fucked all of them and like out of competition. And then th- then probably this happened and then that happen it's like whoa dude like yeah. where did we get all of that from because we have a, a a tiny strand of dna that we share with that but then we we totally it's not
3: science version of like demons banging girls back it, in the day seriously you know, the, it's uh,
2: the angels. people you know what's funny this is a part of people. i mean i grew up the the in a hardcore religious home right so i i understand i understand the knock on on that right i but this is the knock i have on scientism is that people adopt these ideas and theories and are so staunch about it because it's science based, yeah. and it's like you're no different than the religious fanatic yeah. when you talk yeah. like, that. Yeah, well, like actually, that. do you means, not hear
1: that? Yeah, no, I know when people well, get all like, uh, like, uh, like sure about it. oh, that's that's what happened. Like, well, we kinda, no, I know uh, you're dude, not like came that up so. with our idea. Hilarious
3: yeah. to me because it's not science because what we're doing is we're speculating, and creating narratives for things that we weren't there to actually prove, and and, and on that fact, like when they actually do prove the science. Like, say it's like, um, um, what do you call that kind of science? It's geological kind of science. Like, so yeah. you get like Dr. Robert Shock, right? That goes to uh the Sphinx and, and proves that there was water erosion. water erosion and it gets like acclaimed by all the rest of the geologic scientists, like, and he gets an award and everything. But Egyptologists, but like historians, they all yeah. call him a quack. In that, like, because they don't want to change the narrative that they've
2: created and created These jobs because well, they've already attached so many layers of theories yeah. on it. And if you that's just the human if condition. you interrupt this... that theory, it's like, oh fuck, that unravels was, all these other yeah, ones. Just, well, yeah,
1: you know how long ago Egypt was had that, had water like that? Huh. Way before the Egyptians. So then, if that's water, I think and religion, that's like the
3: the, the, the oldest thing. The Sphinx. Yeah. They think that's like the oldest thing uh, visibly, like a, a, a they, statue we have.
1: Yeah. So, so basically, if that's water erosion
3: and it's true, then the
1: Sphinx existed there before the Egyptians. Yes. Did anything maybe they
2: found it and that's why they built, exactly. their, civilization. And then they
3: built their civilization around yeah, it. Look at Adam right now. And then, <laughs> and then
2: probably why they worshipped them as gods. Yeah. That, the well, we'll go back. Is tepe tepe fucked up
3: everything <laughs> for them too. Cause it's like, it, it, it just predates everything they had even before that. So yeah, it's like, yeah. what do you, how do you reconcile? I, I that? mean, I
2: think my, my point of like even challenging or saying or questioning any of that is not that like, I'm not like, necessarily arguing or debating that that's not potentially true it's just that you know it's so interesting to me i find it interesting especially in the science community obviously i'm in a lot of that right so i see and hear and it's and coming from somebody who was from a very religious background i see so many parallels yeah and it's and it, it, the irony is how how staunch each of them are yeah. about each other, and it's just like how how much alike because it's you a really reflection
3: are. of of your own behaviors. Yes, You're, you don't like your bad behaviors, so and you two, project that on other people. Two
1: things: Have you ever seen the meme that someone made that said, "If scientists used bones of common animals and put them together the way that we did with dinosaurs, this is what we think they would look like." You ever seen that? Mm-mm. So they'll take like elephant bones or like a bird. And because we don't know what dinosaurs look like, we guess yeah. what they look. Could have been covered in feathers and colorful. Oh, and wow. Hilarious. That's, so you'll see like animals you know of. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's, so that's- uh, Them like what
3: the- recreating what they look like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's
1: hilarious. So, okay, so- I've heard of that before too. Here's right? here's uh, just to back up kind of what you're saying, Adam. So obviously our ex- the- you know field of expertise is health and fitness. You The science space, when it comes to nutrition- has been off so many times, and yet they were so sure that they were right. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Now we now have a food pyramid. Did you guys see this? Thank the, you for bringing this up. They, this is absurd. They are they created an algorithm, or they created a way to rank foods in terms of healthiness, quote unquote healthiness. And according to the way that they rank foods, Fruit Loops is healthier than steak,
2: okay, or eggs. So immediately,
1: way healthier.
2: Throw it out. Okay, so I, I shared with you guys already if you haven't looked at it, um I haven't read the full article. So I don't have a very strong position either way on this, but there's a doctor who I d don't like actually. He's annoying. Yeah, he is very annoying. Um but he's give him a shout-out. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be our shout out for today. Yeah, yeah, I just don't I just I I whether he thinks he's helping or not, I don't know. I mean, first of known. all, if you wear a lab coat and stethoscope on TikTok videos, you automatically should get slapped in my opinion. Just, I, don't <laughs> hey, we fu- do I don't give a fuck how smart you are. If you have to wear a lab coat and a stethoscope in your TikTok videos, can we, you should get can slapped. Can we do videos
1: with a, with, a, with like a stopwatch hanging around our neck and a dumbbell yeah.
2: on our shoulder? It would be like me it would be like me Ooh. holding my bodybuilding trophy yeah. while I'm talking all the time. <laughs> like so, this is how you carb cycle, you know what I'm saying? Just hold it, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. cradle it every time I talk on the podcast. Like, what are you doing, Adam? I'm like, nothing. This is just, I conveniently hold this, this, this wherever, is, I, yeah, wherever this I go. weird. This is yeah. how I hang out, make videos. No, so, he, what he, in his <laughs> That's defense. That's probably his Tinder profile. Yeah. He's got, he's got his <laughs> yeah, stethoscope. Yeah, for sure it is. Yeah, for sure it. it is. <laughs> So now that I'm done punking him, let me give him his flowers. He did go in there and explain that it's being this Joe Rogan and everybody's taking it out of context because when you actually go in and read the actual paper, what people are, it's, uh, they, they, they took it category by category. So it's not literally steak is technically healthier than the. It's got a better rating. In that category. Sure. So, in and, and that's what it, and so there's- so
3: it's just saturated fat is the category
2: for that? Just, is they, that what it they is? Create their, they create their their standards. Watch the, watch the video I sent over to you, unless Doug could Listen, pull it up and we can watch it is,
1: Food is very complex. However, this is actually quite simple, hmm. okay? I'm going to say it right here and right now. Here's your food pyramid. Whole natural foods, processed foods. That's it. If you, if you avoid processed foods and you eat, Pretty much almost all of your food comes from whole natural sources. You will solve 90% of your dietary problems. That is it right there. Why? You don't overeat. You're going to eat nutrient-dense type foods that They produce more satiety. It's just, and it's very simple. That's it right there. Whole natural foods, processed foods. If you avoid those, you're fine. These food pyramids that they make are so silly. Where they yeah. put
2: well, we know we know that that will never be a popular because the amount of money. Oh that my God! Is it's all there. in processed foods. Yeah, I mean when you when you look at like people like lobbyists and so like that. I mean oh, got, you got you got to think like pharmaceutical number one, and then what I would think that processed foods has got to be up there in the top three or five. Just look at mm-hmm, your right? kids'
3: cafeteria. Yeah, kind of I mean food they're, 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 not, they're they're not
2: going to let good. and so and I think you brought that point up, Justin. So let's play the other side that, you know, everybody is misinterpreting this article. At the end of the day, if it can be misinterpreted that easy... From a bunch of it's di- the
3: institutions now that, that go off of these standards. And yeah. so my, my buck to the system is always like where that ends up. And that ends up in our kids. That ends up in our education system. It ends up like, it's just all misinformation and it just leads people astray. Confused. So, yeah. Everybody confused. Oh, yeah.
1: All right. I want to give a shout out. So people watching right now on YouTube are probably wondering why we slowly started to look like werewolves and why now <laughs> we look... We look good again. Like we yeah. took a shower. Teen around. Wolf. Yeah, it's because uh, we had so this Vicky, Vicky for one week. Vicky, she owns Faded Barbershop uh, in San Jose and Morgan Hill. She's exceptional with what Best she doing. Best fades ever. She, yeah, she hooks us up, makes us look uh, not like <laughs> like homeless werewolves. Um, and so that's why we look good, but that's who I want to give a shout out on Instagram. At a faded barbershop, I want to give her a shout out because she's I think
2: you. Really sh- good. I think her shout out should come with a asterisk or like a. Buyer, well, uh, no, no. be, that- buy be follower, beware. Is her barber Does she post oh, on that? barbershop that she? Oh, yeah, you're doing the barbershop, not right. her personal. Yeah, yeah it's oh, barbershop because yeah. she goes. She goes kind of hard, She goes, goes kind of hard on the on the Instagram, dude. Well, if you gotta, I think she's been shadow banned at least four or five times, <laughs> yeah. and so Vicky Vicky, Vicky gave her last fuck a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why we love her though, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And when you guys go in the shop, and she's so the sweetest person too. She, so she gets yeah. this a lot when people come to the shop and she doesn't know till way later that they are, they came from Mind Pump. So make sure you say yeah, hi to sure her or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah say hear. what's up to her and say you listen to Mind Pump.
1: Hey, check this out. There's a company we we'll work with called Paleo Valley. They make paleo-inspired supplements. One of my favorites is their bone broth protein. They have a chocolate flavored bone broth protein that I swear to god tastes like chocolate donuts. It's the best tasting Literally the best tasting protein powder I've ever had. And because it's bone broth, it's super easy to digest. Like I could take high doses of this protein and have zero gut issues, total no gut issues whatsoever with it. So anyway, go check this company out. Check out their products. Go to paleovalley.com forward slash mind pump. Then use the code mind pump 15 for 15% off your order. All right, here comes the show.
0: Our first caller is Jordan from California. Jordan, what's happening, man? How can we help you?
4: Hey guys, it's super cool to meet you. Uh, big fan. Listen for like just about a year now. Oh, um, right. My, yeah, my buddies are going to be jealous. I got to meet uh, Tiny Beard and the gang. So pretty neat. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, for real though, you guys have been great. Like I've only been working out for about a year though, but found you guys pretty early on. So it's been huge help, and I feel like I've kind Of missed a lot of the uh, ways you could go wrong when starting out, so big thank you to you guys! Awesome, cool, thanks, man. Yep, uh, I'll give you a little bit of background. So, like I said, I started working out, it's almost it'll almost be a year, Every, middle of February would be a year. Um, I when I started, I was a 165 and I'm 6'2, so pretty, pretty skinny, <laughs> and then I did a bulk to 196. And then finished that because I was about as big as I wanted to be at that point. And then I was going to lean out. So I started to cut about three months ago and I've lost. I'm right. Well, right now I'm 184, and I've been losing about a pound a week, which I've heard is pretty, is like kind of the benchmark or whatnot. But, uh, I don't feel like I've been any leaner. Like I'm just losing weight, but not seeing any getting any more lean. Ah. So I just wondering what I'm doing
2: wrong. This is such a classic um you remember we talked about that we've talked yeah. about this before uh, I don't know if we've talked on the show or not or as much but uh it's such a, a a mind fuck when you shift from you know bulking to leaning out in that first you know even couple <clears throat> months like
1: you just feel smaller
2: you do yeah. you and l- let me explain what's going on right so you come on you you you're on a high calorie diet right before this so you, you're your glycogen levels are your stores are filled out so your muscle bellies are filled out you got all these extra calories that means your body's holding on to more water you've got more carbohydrates in you and so you you're filled out and then you make this transition like okay i'm going to go on this cut and the first thing that really goes is all that glycogen and water and so that gets pulled out and, it, and what it actually makes you look like is it looks like you lost muscle size and so it's it's a bit of this mind fuck of like, oh, my God, I'm not. And you don't see your abs popping anymore. What you see is like your arms look smaller, your legs look smaller. And so you think, oh, my God, this sucks. Like I go on this cut. And by the way, this is super common for lean guys who want to build muscle. They go on the bulk and they go on the cut. And it's the reason why a lot of them can't stick with the cut. And and this was me for a decade mm-hmm. plus yeah. yep. is I'd go on a cut for a minute, just like you're right right now. And then I'd be like, fuck this. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not getting any leaner. I'm just getting smaller. Tiny. I'd rather be a little fatter with more muscle. And so you go back the other direction. It's part of the process. And is, and let me tell you, it's one of the, for me, it was one of the most difficult things. I had the discipline to stay consistent with the eating and the training. It was the psychological part of it would, it would fuck with my insecurity of being the small guy but trust the process. You just got to stick it. You got to stay the course, and then you'll start to see as, as the weeks go on, you will start to drop body fat. You will, and you will lean out, and you will go through a little period of feeling like the small guy again because you've got that in your head because you probably were a skinnier guy trying to build and and build muscle. But it's very, very common what you're going through right now. So
1: I have a question. You, you, went, you gained about 30 pounds when you did your bulk originally. This was over
4: the mm-hmm. course of a year. No. So that was, so like when I first started, I had no idea what I was doing. Like I just had a workout plan from a friend of a friend and it was like just a normal bro split. Right. So I went did that for like two weeks and I was like, Oh, I just had like a feeling I was doing something wrong. And then I just kind of like stumbled on you guys. And I was like, Oh, I need to be eating more and I need to be probably doing full body. So I got anabolic, but I didn't start actually eating on a bulk until like a month. So it's been probably like, I did a bulk for about seven months, I would say.
1: Okay, so thirty Maybe. pound 30 pounds in seven to eight months. Did you, it's any, incredible. <laughs> any, any body fat testing during this period of time? Do you know how much no. lean body mass it is?
4: No, I I wish I did, but I didn't even know about that before. Like I was total, total new. Like okay. never done anything before.
1: Okay, so that's a lot in a in a short period of time. So it's likely you gained muscle and body fat, um, unless mm-hmm. you have like this really amazing. Muscle building genetics. I would guess out of that thirty pounds, it's probably half and half. Yeah. So you know, fifteen muscle, fifteen pounds uh, of body fat. Um, when you're trying to cut and you're trying to go down, it's important to do body fat testing because of the mind games it could play with you. The, one of the questions I have is during this cut, are you weaker, or if you are, how much weaker are you in the gym?
4: No, no not nothing has changed really. Okay. Like my That's- squat, my squat has gone down like like 10 pounds from normally... I'm in um, aesthetic right now, but I just finished... The last one I finished was uh, uh, symmetry.
2: Okay.
1: So that's so a I, good
4: That's a good sign.
1: Yeah, if your strength yeah. is isn't hasn't really gone down much... Especially uh, coming
2: from that much weight. Yeah,
1: and you lost 11 pounds. You're, yeah. you're, you're moving in the right direction. One pound a week. Strength is maintaining somewhat for the most part. I, um, I, I literally, think you're doing all right. I
2: literally think this is a psychological thing. Yeah, it mm. is. It's, it's you got to so, stick to the cut. Because yeah.
1: for me, the first... When I would do these big bulks and I would cut the first three to four percent body fat, I couldn't even tell. It just felt like I was getting smaller. Yeah. It wasn't smaller until I and got weaker. to and weaker. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. it wasn't until I got to like eleven percent that I could be like, oh, I can see what's going on. Once I get to ten percent, then I'd be motivated by the definition that I would see in the gym. But until I got there, it was like I'm just gonna wear sweaters and t-shirts because <laughs> I because the way I would yes. feel would be like I'm wasting my time. And so I never really did a, a, an effective cut for a long time. I'd never really pushed it to see how lean, lean I could get until I was uh, much older.
2: You know that's you know that's what a lot of the the body like a lot of us that like, competed, this is actually part of the strategy. You and you might if you know anybody that has, this will will go in all hooded out like that. Yeah. And part of that is, at least for me, this was the psychology of that is like I don't even wanna I don't even want to get distracted by the way I look because right. I know my own insecurities of being a small guy. And if I'm looking in the mirror and I'm comparing myself this week in this cut right. to what I was looking like, like just say four weeks ago when I was in the bulk, I know I liked the bigger, thicker version of me because I was the skinny guy who always wanted to be. But yeah. I know but I know I need to lean out. So I just so I would cover up in a hoodie and stay that way. And so I don't even look at my, look at myself while I'm training. I just focus on the training, focus on the diet, focus on the training. And then when I select mm-hmm. like, Sal's point, then you get to a point where you start to get really leaner than you've ever been. Like when you start to hit levels of leanness that you've never seen on yourself, then it's re motivating to peel down to the t-shirt again and yeah. see like, see the vascularity. think you got bigger. Yeah. And then that, that's the part that will trip you out. If you, if you stay the course, stick with the process get as get leaner than you've ever been in your life and then watch the people come to you and go like bro you got huge oh my god <laughs> what did you do it's a trip because and you're going to go like what i was 196 and now i'm like 175 yeah. and you guys are saying i'm bigger like i'm not bigger but you you will look bigger because you've 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 leaned out i mean this has always been a deterrent for me to cut <laughs> and i remember you having to walk me through that, uh, you
3: know, process and talking about like being flat and then yep, also yep. being filled up and that mm-hmm. whole thing, and I was like completely oblivious, being from the performance end of things. So it's totally a psychological game.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're probably going to end up around 175 to 178 with a with a nice mm-hmm. lean physique. That's probably where you're going to end up if I had to guess, because you haven't tested your body fat. This is a guess, <clears throat> but you, I, I, I would, I would put money on on around 175, 178 with like, you know, decent definition where you could, you could see visible abs.
4: Okay. That's so I'm not too far off. Hopefully I'll be just a little bit longer. Yeah. I, that. Sorry. That, but that's what I was worried about. Cause I didn't know, like if there was a point of when you've been in a cut for too long, like if there's a spot when you should just say like, I'm doing something wrong. Like I shouldn't, my body shouldn't be in a cut for this long. Or if that was just something I was making up.
2: If, if you, if you're continuing to lean out and, and, maintain strength for the most part cuz it's actually very normal to lose strength so don't yeah. even trip out if you lose a little bit of strength
1: yeah that's from lo- like less glycogen less energy yeah you know,
2: so less. it's very common to lose some strength so if you if you if you lose just a little bit of strength and you're continuing to lean out i would i would push it until i'm all the way as lean as i want to yeah. get right so
1: if you start to feel really weak tired um overtrained achy then you could do like a mini bulk Kind of rejuvenate yourself, mm-hmm. watch your intensity of your workouts.
2: Yeah, even like a week, a week of just a That's surplus it. is mm-hmm. enough to and then go right back to the cut. So sometimes I'll do that. Like let's say you've been in a cut for a while. And even if even if you're just tired of eating that way and you miss a good workout, a fill and fill, like throw in a week where you're like in a surplus of calories and you should shoot back and then go right back to the cut again you can do that too yeah. but literally what you the what you're describing to me i can relate so much to as far as it's it's a psychological game and when i think back to my journey of competing that was the hardest part about competing not my program design not following the meal but yeah. it was the, the the mental game of being a guy who his whole life identified as the skinny kid who was, who wanted to be big. I finally got kind of thick and big and now here I am cutting it all away. It w- it it was a mind fuck. And so trust the process. You'll be very happy if you, if you stick it with it and don't let your mind play those games.
1: Yeah, The, the next 10 pounds you lose, if you do it right is going to be, this will be the fun 10 pounds in terms of what you look at, what you see in the mirror, that first 10 pounds, you just feel smaller yeah next the next the next 10 you're going to start to see the definition in the mirror and it'll feel a little different
4: yeah it'd be more motivating awesome yeah adam what you said that's like ex- exactly how i'm feeling right now like whatever you yeah that was it yeah, yeah. same yeah. nope totally totally can relate
2: bro you're doing good stick you're you're doing actually you're doing killer when you think about how much you yeah. put on so you're kicking ass bro Yeah.
1: yeah. test your body fat though too because that'll that'll give you more of an accurate gauge
4: yeah yeah i just ordered a body fat caliper, but I wish I did at the beginning, but I had one super quick little follow-up sure. it's for mostly for Justin. Um, I'm looking at doing performance next, but I'm worried about not having the, cause I know you said something about mace spells and some like other different types of training, but that my gym doesn't have like anything real like fancy. I don't know if what equipment i would need oh
3: yeah they're not included in, in maps performance that's something like in terms of like incorporating stuff like that in indian clubs you know for the mobility sessions i think that's cool and it's a great idea uh but really what you all you need is um squat rack barbells dumbbells the only thing uh that's a little bit different <laughs> you, you need a landmine kind of setup and if you don't you can kind of you know shift one like put it barbell in the corner and kind of go in that direction but uh, you know it's recommended that you get like a landmine for that that's yeah. the only thing right yeah that's yeah, the it's only it's, thing, really.
1: yeah, performance was designed for the typical gym
2: yeah Oh, okay perfect yeah you, yeah, you should be good yep alright man
1: thanks for calling All in, right. keep us posted yeah thank you guys you got thank it. you guys so
4: much All right, man. No problem. All right, brother.
1: You, oh you know what I sh- you know what I should have said is uh, you know what's <laughs> really beneficial for the mind games that happen with a cut with somebody who doesn't like to feel smaller Carb cycling. Carb cycling helps a lot because it'll give you days of hot, you know, more glycogen, more water in your muscles. And then you'll look in the mirror and you'll feel pumped up and you'll be like, okay, I, you know, I think I'm moving in the right direction. Do
2: you remember what I told you the what I used to do with this? So I used to, uh, so I I've admittedly on the show, I would talk about how I'm, I'm so inconsistent with supplements. I really am. There's it's, I'm just not good at like consistently taking supplements. Plus I know like how how small of a difference it makes to take the supplements. I focus I tend to focus on the food diet, all the things mm-hmm. that are in the training. That's way more important, mm-hmm. right? So the most consistent I ever was with creatine was during this time. So I used creatine and like cut. and water loading in a cut yeah. for the psychological reason. Yeah. So because and and I think because I don't consistently use it. Using it during the cut, I thought and, it'll and,
1: offset some of those water. And then, out.
2: and then I also started to make it a goal to pound like a half a gallon mm, before I yeah. went into my workout, and so it would give me this fuller look, and that really helped me get through this kind of phase that he's at right now because it it's crazy how. It's, 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 this is
1: just like when you take somebody who's always been overweight and right, you have right. them do a bulk and they <laughs> right. and they fill out a little bit and then they feel like, oh my God, I'm going the wrong direction. Yeah, I'm I feel that. Like, yeah, It's I no definitely a
3: deterrent for me. Oh, to address too, that last question I forgot to mention, also kettlebells are recommended highly. You can get away with dumbbells, but definitely a good one to add.
0: Next caller is James from Arizona. James, what's happening? Hey
5: guys, how's it going?
0: What's, what's up? Good, hey, man.
5: Hey, so first off, like everybody else, just to say thanks for everything you guys do and all the honest, good quality content you guys put out there. Um, made a huge impact in my life personally because of you guys. I switched up everything in school and I'm a dietetic student now trying to be a dietitian and I'm actually in the level one cohort with NCI. Hell yeah. Um, so we actually talked, Sal and I talked at the end of 2022 on that last coach's call and I asked you like a similar question about wildland firefighters. It was more about business, but this is more about exercise. So Okay. Yeah, so a little bit of background on me. I am a dog musher in Alaska in the wintertime and then a wildland firefighter in Arizona in the summertime. Um, so for me, as far as like seasons of life go, we're kind of coming up on the preseason of fire. So the season starts to peak up and ramp up in May. Um, but between now and then, it's like February, March and April. This is kind of like the preseason time. So my big question to you guys was what is the best way to program for wildland firefighters between now and then? So we got about three months.
2: Did we, did we cover this in the episode where we did um, first responder? Yeah. One? First responder. Similar. We did. Similar. Didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Somewhat
1: similar. We did an episode on this and kind of talked about the considerations for workouts. You know, uh, because we're talking to you and we're not speaking generally um, I'm going to need a little bit more information. So, For you, what are areas of your fitness that you think you, um, can improve upon in relation to this? In other words, when you're out there fighting fires and dog mushing, where, what, where do you feel you're weak? Do you feel stamina, strength, stability? Do you get injured? Like what are the things you need to focus on?
5: Yeah. So I do remember the episode you guys are talking about, and I do remember that for first responders specifically, you guys recommended strong, um, for us and for me, like I'm programming for other guys too okay. because I've been doing it for a few seasons. So they kind of let that let me do that with NCI. I kind of got some of the nutrition stuff down. Um, but where we see guys lacking that come in, like the new guys, it's really just on like the the stamina of like we could take anywhere from, you know, 25 to 50,000 steps in a day, um, depending on the fire. And that could go on for two weeks straight um, every single day. Okay. So a lot of the time, it's just getting the guys having the, the, the ability to take that many steps with that amount of weight, anywhere from like 45 to 60 pounds and stuff. So usually we see guys coming in and they're lacking in those areas. It's so usually the hiking areas. Yeah. Right, well, gen- A lot like
3: work capacity. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's strong
1: for yeah, sure. Well, okay. So generally speaking, um, what you would do is you would have your, your off season, then preseason, then in season. Okay. So like with any athlete off right. season, you typically are trying to build a really strong base and foundation. This is where you're looking to maximize strength, maximize mobility, maximize performance, okay? But strength is a big one here. So it's like, let's get strong. Let's get really strong. Preseason, we're now moving more, we're moving closer towards what the work is going to look like. So you're probably in this point going to back off on the strength focus and focus more on stamina and endurance. And then in season is all about recovery and injury prevention. So when you go mm-hmm. off season, it's in the gym, it's heavy. You're doing some stuff that's similar to what you do in season, but really you're trying to just get stronger. Okay. When you're preseason, then your training looks a lot like what your work. So you're training and practicing with a, a rut. you know, you're rucking if that's very similar to what your, your, your work looks like you're training for stamina. You may be doing things like circuits you're basically trying to get your fitness capacity to match what's going to be required. Then when you're in when you're actually in the season, it's mobility, it's recovery, it's active recovery, and you're not trying to improve anything. One of the biggest mistakes people make is they try to get more fit uh, with their workouts in season. What they need to do is try to maximize recovery, repair, and injury prevention. That'll keep your performance uh, higher. Um, then trying to improve your performance. Now, it sounds kind of weird, but that's exactly what happens uh, that way. So that's generally speaking. Now, what can make up those workouts? Well, a lot of things. You know, off-season strength, you know, power lift, anabolic, um, split might even kind of fall strong as good in there. You know, when you're preseason, now you're looking more like performance yeah. or cardio or something like that. Then when you're you're actually in season now it's like prime pro, you know, it's mobility, it's it's active recovery type of stuff. So I
2: like strong leading up. I like where he's at right now in preseason cardio and actually all the places that we have recommended to do cardio, I would pick specific things to what he's training for. So so for example, in cardio we program the the weight training to complement all this endurance training. And the endurance training we give people kind of this flexibility. Do you want to row one day? Do you want to run? And like, so I would literally take that programming, and I think the the amount of volume around the, the the weights is perfect for where you're currently at. And then I would modify all the cardio to more specific things that you think will carry over to your everyday life. Like back to Sal's point, throwing on a backpack, a fifty pound backpack, and doing you know stairs for you know a half hour, hour. I'd be doing things like that that we're going to emulate the closest thing that I'm going to get out there and do in real world. Um, And then, like I said, I like like strong before, and I like that. Performance, I can see the – I know Justin will probably go that way because of the rotational mobility stuff that's involved in there. I definitely would for sure pull mobility stuff in season from from performance. Also,
3: because it's a a seasonal buildup, I think that because off-season it was a real big structure to MAPS performance – I I could make an argument for what Adam's saying in terms of like starting cardio or even starting performance, then cardio, then uh, map strong. Uh, So I think map strong is like the pinnacle of kind of where you want to be in terms of overall volume and work capacity. Uh, so to build and establish that fo- like foundational strength first, this is my argument for mass performance first, you know, going through that specifically laid out like phase one is very much of a building foundational strength. You know, you get that multiplanar movement established, you get that uh, endurance, like a uh, uh, speed power, and then we get into power. Uh, and then that kind of leads naturally into then focusing directly on cardiovascular, which is, you know, sounds like that's like a big priority for everybody coming in.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the thing you want to consider the most is that um, what you don't want to do, the closer you get to the season, is do Overtrain. most of your training in the gym. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I don't need to tell you this, but for other people listening, there's a lot of skill involved in the activities that you do as a firefighter out in the wild, and I don't mean just the the the, the skill with you know handling you know, putting out fires and stuff, but there's a lot of skill involved with hiking through the mountains and moving through brush and, you know, you know, all that other stuff. And you can't, you can't perfectly mimic that in the gym. You'll get some carryover, but you can be fit as hell in the gym. You go out and in into the, into the mountains and try and fight fires and you're going to beat yourself up because you don't know how to move uh, properly. So what you don't want to do and this is a big mistake. A lot of people make is they do all their workouts in the gym when what they need to do as they get closer to season is is go out and do what the season's going to look like so that's one of the biggest things to consider and then again i'm going to make this point again if you took two groups of people and one group in season was trying to improve performance the other group was just trying to prevent injury and facilitate recovery the group that facilitated recovery and prevented injury is going to perform better i know that sounds kind of funny but they're going to end they're up with less longer. less injuries they're going to last longer and their performance will actually be better, so consider that as well.
2: What? Let's a uh, couple. James, how many? What programs do you have of the ones we we listed? Uh, I have strong, and amp- I mean I have
5: pretty much everything except cardio. Okay, so right. let's let's yeah, send, let's, let's send, you, send cardio. you
2: cardio over. And then I know we threw all kinds of shit at you right there, but I think the original, like, simple advice that Sal was giving about like what preseason, what in season, and then what off season looks like. And because you have a background in this and you have knowledge around it, you literally could take those those pro, those programs, performance, strong and cardio uh, and kind of mold, you know, more specific to you and your guys. Right. Um, I do have one more question, though. I've been meaning to ask one of my firefighter buddies. What is it called? What's the um, is it like a competition you guys do? I see every once in a while like, and then you see sometimes go viral videos of the like firefighters well, that they run up. the. Yes, where they, of, up the, uh, uh, la- where they run up. They run up the ladder, ladders hella yeah. fast. Like, is there a name? Yeah. For- yeah so
5: that's not so there's a big difference between like structure firefighters and wildland firefighters yeah okay so that's more on the structure side so structure dudes like they're the guys you see in town um, like fire medical guys wildland dudes are the guys with like the you know the green trucks and the yellow shirts and stuff like that and you rarely ever see us because we're in the woods and stuff got it yeah you guys like we don't use, we use like we don't use like I, I can't tell you when the last time I used a ladder you know we you use fire spikes. water so. you, you
2: guys are like spikes right you guys are uh, put the spikes they, on, yeah, on the trees yeah so
5: like you guys would probably you guys are probably seeing around up in Truckee. Um California gets real busy. Like the season can go. That's just in Arizona. The season's like May until when monsoons hit like July, maybe early August. But after that, we'll get assigned over in you know Montana or California. And California usually is like October to as late as December, like in 2020. Um, like it it, it gets real busy. But so you guys have probably seen us around. Um, but yeah, that that latter stuff is more the the structure, guys. So we we can spend the assignments look like 16 hours a day for two weeks straight. So you do the 16 hours a day, but you're working the entire time when you're away from home the two weeks straight, and then you come home for two mandatory paid days off, and then you go back out again for two weeks. And you could do that really for the entire season. Like I've wow. gone 72 Dang. days straight getting paid before. Wow. Holy like it's,
1: Toledo it's, maniac.
5: You know, you're you're constantly gone and moving around and stuff. So yeah. wow, yeah. It's yeah. A lot for the- yeah.
1: recovery, facilitating recovery and preventing injury is going to be by, I wouldn't do any additional workouts, honestly.
5: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like so that. I didn't ask you about the in-season specifically because I figured you guys would, I figured you, like I've been listening to you guys for a couple of years and you would agree. All I had written down for the in-season essentially was doing pulling like two, maybe two mobility sessions from performance a week and then doing four like prime, prime pro sessions and stuff like that with the guys and just doing that six That's times a, a week. I and, love
2: that. bro. And sleep yeah,
1: and focusing on, on optimizing, uh, sleep will be really, yeah, you guys probably know how to use chainsaws and, and axes and stuff like that really well because so. yeah. you have to, right? Yeah. What does yeah. a dog musher do, by the way? I mean, I know what that looks like, but oh. what is that as a job? <laughs> are you traveling? Are you taking um, yes, people so from place Arizona to place?
5: Right now, I go up to Alaska from, like, I'm going up February and March um, and I run sprint dogs. So most people know about the Iditarod, which is like the long distance race. It's a thousand miles. Um, and that one is like, eight, it, they do it in eight to 10 days. So the dogs are running over hundred miles every day. Um, and they're, wow. so they're VO2 max. I run sprint dogs, which do 18 to 27 ish miles a day, three to seven days in a row. And their VO2 max is 240 to 300. Like they're <laughs> ridiculously in and they're, and they like have no, they recover super quickly and they're just incredible athletes. So those are the guys, those are the dogs that I run and we run. So cool. I'm just an amateur dude, so I run like four to six dogs. But you'll have folks running eighteen to twenty-two dogs. Wow! Dang.
1: And and what is what are you doing? Are you are you delivering mail or medical supplies? Like what's the work?
5: Uh, some folks do that. Like some folks still use them in the villages. So like most of Alaska, you can't get to by the highway system, so they still use sled dogs and stuff to you know deliver mail or, or medical supplies and stuff like that. But most of us race, so we have um, like races throughout January to April. And we just go around the state and we just, um, like ours look from, well, like we have one coming up that's, I want to say it's three days. And it's for my class specifically, it's like four miles the first two days and six miles the last day. And they time, there's a racing. So, so it's it's, it's
2: purely sport for you then? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. okay yeah, cool. yeah. And it's
5: easier for me because I don't have as many dogs. So it's easier for me to just be flexible and like fly around and do things I want. So I can have the the seasons because I also climb and stuff too. Um, and I'm learning yeah. how to ice climb Alexo so like doing all that stuff is like it's just it's a lot better with a small group of dogs. What's,
2: what's that thing? He's missing like Alex, right? Uh, uh, the uh, the the rock climber guy who needs uh, needs like crazy adrenaline. Yeah. Just to- <laughs> oh, that's
5: crazy. Yeah, but there's well, if you look up uh, so the ice climbing, there's a I'm sure you've seen it, but the alpinist on Netflix. Yeah, 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 that's crazy. That guy's insane. Like he uh, or he wasn't insane. Yeah, but he um like that guy he, Alex Honnold in there calls that guy crazy. Cause yeah. he's like out soloing these crazy mountain peaks and stuff like that. But it's like, I don't plan on doing that. Like that movie doesn't make me want to go free solo stuff, <laughs> but the lifestyle is really cool. Yeah. So with NCI, like those are the clients that I really am stoked to work with are the dudes that live yeah. a regular lifestyles like me. Uh, cool. It's like one of the guys I'm working with is a Olympic level speed climber, you know? So like, it's just uh those are the clients that I'm, I'm super stoked to work with. Well, yeah. James, hey James, are you, awesome. are
2: you in our forum? Uh, no I'm not you I'm a, are now yeah we're gonna put you in the forum you're, you're, you'd be a great person to be in there too because yeah. You, yeah yeah so I, I can't wait to hear how everything goes for you man stay yeah. in touch with us alright thanks for calling in yeah thanks
5: guys if you ever find yourself in Alaska feel free to come up and take a dog tour we will
1: sure I we won't. will I appreciate that Justin and I I would do that yeah. fuck
2: off of here, <laughs> bro
1: you wouldn't do that yes you would
2: not go in the middle of the snow in the middle of the wilderness yes it and would and just dogs he's, riding the, do? he's driving the dogs I just got have my coat and gotta hold on to his waist you know are like
5: having twelve Olympic athletes pull you around. They'll get you back home. Just dude,
2: time. Adam. <laughs> the, Adam doesn't want to go camping. As long as you get him a nice park as, park as long as you get we'll me inside. As long as you get me to my nice ass cabin, I'm with my fire and, and my my, <laughs> and my yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. we <laughs> have yeah. a lodge on the property and everything. That's there we fine. go. There we go. Yeah. I'm yeah. good, bro. Thanks. We'll see man. you out there. See you, Jay. All right. Thanks,
5: guys. I
1: appreciate it, bro. How? When was the last time we got out? Man, so hard. Yeah. Like that's just bro. You know, hey, hey,
2: homeboy. I'll chill. Works. You know, seventy-two days straight, and then in it, his it off season or his yeah. his vacationing is in Alaska and yeah. sled dogs. <laughs> sled dogging. I love it. Dude. Uh, a- true uh, outdoorsman. Oh, oh, oh. There's a definition of like alpha. Uh, too much. Do you guys
1: remember when you figured that out with athletes? Though, did you have to figure that out with yourself with your own training first, or because I figure I, that took me a long time because I would continuously train athletes and myself. Like, I'm trying to improve performance in season. And just oh, yeah, yeah. You're trying to improve problems. in season? Yeah. yeah,
3: I know. Well, that's a very common thing coaches like get in that conundrum. It's like, you know, kid, they're getting all this, like, great performance. How can we maximize? And yeah. it's like you got to realize that you're, you're keeping it. Yeah. yeah, keeping it intact is everything.
2: I actually think this is um – you know, credit Joe DeFranco. I think Joe was the the person who I probably started to find around around this time in my life when I was starting to figure out the mm-hmm. the like good protocol for athletes because there really wasn't a lot out there. No, no there wasn't was a lot of good information. Void. Yeah, very, very bodybuilding training. Very, very much so. I mean, that's the reason why too. I always I always talk and pump the tires of um or of uh, Paul Fabritz because it just it didn't exist. There's just not a lot of it. Even today, there's. I mean it's I It's a lot thinner than I would have thought. You no, know, yeah. yeah. It's even in this internet world, there's there's a um there's a handful of really good sports performance coaches that are online that I feel that are accessible, like those guys. Our next caller is EJ
1: from Illinois. EJ, how are you doing? By the way, I think we might have the wrong question up there, Doug. Are you you're EJ and you're almost fifty two years old? Is that correct?
6: Yes.
3: Wow. What in Whoa. the hell are you. you doing? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
6: Um, you know, I think that it's some good genes probably and um good living, not perfect, not perfect, no injections, but um trying, just trying, you know, just doing the best I can.
1: Okay. You're, well, you're winning. I never met anybody who 20 years you. younger than me. So
2: <laughs> all right. So, so what's your you're, question? <laughs> yeah, now that we're done flirting, what's your question? Yeah.
6: yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of doing this on behalf of so many people like me that I'm working with right now. So, like you said, I'm almost 52. Um, I'm metabolically healthy. I weigh about 114, 115, five foot two. Um, I am a health coach, so I kind of do things fairly right. I did lose a lot of my fitness level, though, from about 46 to 51 because I felt so fragile. Um, Perimenopause just like ate me alive. And in that time, I just couldn't do what I used to do. And I had to kind of get used to a new version of myself. Um, I've been slowly building back my fitness in the last year and I do feel somewhat better, but my sleep is still elusive and um I do all that crap right too, and it's still tough just with perimenopause and hormones. Um, that said, my recovery always stinks as well because of my sleep situation. Um, and I actually am one of those people that works out like I like myself, not like I'm punishing myself. I started with maps. Um Performance And I really like the mobility part of it, but shifted into MAPS 15 Advanced because my kids keep me busy and I just needed to compress the time. Um, I do do other mobility work, too. But my question is pretty simple. At my age and for women like me who can't even work out around their cycles because we don't know when the hell they are at this rate, um, can we really build muscle? what is possible for me at this stage.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Well, so it so if I'm talking to a woman who's 52 who just started working out, you know, recently or within the last couple of years, the potential to build muscle is is huge. Now, I'm
6: going to Yeah, untrained unchanged muscle, right? Like I've been working out since I was 25 yeah. and I was Super fit
1: and not anymore. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, I'm gonna disagree with you because you look super you're the most fit looking 52 year old I've ever met. But (laughs) but because you've been working out for so long, um, you're gonna be working a lot with things like muscle memory. Now, you you might be able to go to gain some of the muscle back that you might have lost. It sounds like you said you might have lost some muscle, but to 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 perform and build beyond what you've done in the past might be kind of tough. Because you've been doing this for so long. Yeah. And, and this is tough, EJ, because I find myself in this position as well. I know the guys do as well. We're, you know, we're, we're about 10 years younger than you, but we've been working out for a long time. And, mm-hmm. you know, am I going to get, am I going to hit new levels that I've never hit before, you know, for the, over the next 10 years? Probably not. However, a more fair comparison would be if you were to compare, and I don't recommend this, but look at your peers you're your light years different from other women in your age group in terms of fitness, appearance, health, and that kind of stuff. So the game now is less about hitting new new goals and records and more about maintaining, more about trying to keep your your fitness. Now, in that's not day, to say we can't.
6: what I lost, though, because maintaining where I am now uh, is a struggle. If I yeah. could get back to where I was five years ago, am I – is that a pipe dream?
2: No. I I do
6: you realize I can't get,
2: you know? I, I, uh, no, no, it's no. it's possible. But I do want to say this. Mm-hmm. Of, of When I think back of all uh, the challenges I had with different types of clients, for sure, like a client that is, is going through or gone through menopause is one of the most difficult times for me to help like her build muscle it's just you you have to be you have to be at one of the greatest disadvantages of progressing the physique so the thing that I'd have to communicate is and remind my my clients that we're going through this is to, to have compassion for yourself especially someone like you who has you know if you think this is not very fit I, I imagine you looked crazy. Uh, in your 30s or 20s, so you got to get that out of your head of comparing yourself.
6: I've okay. tried to de-identify with it and let it go, and that's why I'm here because I thought I have to figure out.
2: But it doesn't. But it doesn't well, mean that you can't get a lot of that. I I do believe you can. Yeah, because um,
1: that muscle memory is real. Yeah, and you've been training for so long, mm-hmm. you've probably experienced a great deal of muscle hyper- hyperplasia. You know, studies on on people like you, people who've been working out for a long time. First off, the amount of volume and training that's required to keep what you've built is really small. And the amount of training that is required to get back, if you did lose anything, is also very small. So this is going to be a game of what's the appropriate dose? How do I manipulate my training properly?
6: And dialing in and-
2: Yes. Yeah. I yeah. love that she's on MAPS 15. I yeah. love that you're I, love-
1: I think MAPS 15 is great for you. I would like to see what we could do about your sleep. Now you said you're doing all the things to try to improve your sleep.
6: Yeah. And I do it all right. To the point that, um, I've been chasing it for years, literally. And I'm trying to sit in a different energy with it and reaching out. So again, I'm a functional medicine health coach. So I have like all these clinicians oh, that I can work with and I'm supplemented beautifully. I'm on the right herbs. My nutrition is dialed in. Now I did screw up. I did not eat enough protein last year and I'm super aware of that which was working against my goals that said you do get less hungry as you get older it's yeah. just crazy so yeah. eating 100 grams of protein or 110 grams of protein that's a lot so I'm even supplementing essential amino acids to to fill in right like I have all the tools available with nutrition I have all the tools available with sleep and I'm Still feeling like so many people out there like me feel.
1: EJ, it's, have you tried like biphasic sleeping or trying to make up for it a little bit in the middle of the day? Yes, with I
6: just yeah. get into that. It's a great question. I just stepped into that a couple of months ago because I thought I cannot keep trying for this when it's just not possible, and I've been chasing it for so long. So yeah, I have been doing that. I have been trying to roll with my own rhythms more. It's really hard when you have a teenager, right? Like, oh geez yeah. I mean, you guys all have littler kids. I think. Wait, one of you has an older kid. I have,
1: too, right? I, have two, I have two teenagers so i, I okay. yeah
6: so like my body wants to sleep from nine until four that's happy like that's great you can't do that that doesn't work with kids so my sleep has really been off since i had kids and my oldest is almost 15 years old um i am trying to figure out a way to i've just pushed it and i've pushed it with hormones i have pushed it with melatonin and a sleep specialist i've really yeah so this done all the
1: this is interesting. So, there's some evidence, and this is more, uh, and, and I've seen some some articles. This is a lot of speculation, but there's some evidence that biphasic sleeping, right? So, what am I referring to? Sleeping the majority of your hours at night, but then you get naps in the day, mm-hmm. and that's where you get your cumulative kind of sleep. There's some evidence that 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 becomes more appropriate as we age, especially for women. So there's some theories around why women go through menopause a, at all because men can stay basically fertile, essentially, right? Uh, theoretically, till the day we die. Women at some point stop being able to have children. And so scientists have tried to come up with reasons as to why, like why is that? what's what's going on? And the best theories are that the role of the grandmother, is very important uh, in society and tribes and her ability to, to wake up in the middle of the night. By the way, this happens to women when they have kids too, before they go through menopause. Anybody who's had a child will know, women will tell you, they don't sleep like they used to at night. And this is a natural thing. They need to be on high alert. They need to be able to hear almost anything because a crying kid in the middle of the night is a dinner bell for predators.
6: So, Yep.
1: So, so the biphasic sleeping probably applies more to women and probably applies, especially to women who have gone through menopause or perimenopause. So you, if possible at all, could you find a time in the middle of the day where you can do like an hour nap? Cause that might be it. That might uh, be what I you try. need.
6: I try at First of all, I need to get a pod in the back of my house that I can just go to and sleep in like, and I'm not even kidding anymore. Yeah. Um, like that's like some soundproof pod. My family teases me about it. That would be ideal. That said, um, when I watch my sleep, when I'm napping, cause I do try to pay attention with devices, it's still just light sleep and it does help. I'm not going to say it doesn't help. It helps. But in um, my REM and my deep sleep isn't terrible, right? As long as I go to bed early enough. Yeah. In My I might be looking for too much out of that nap, right? Like, I feel like Yeah. I might be looking for too much. Yeah, your expectations it's, are it's, high on
1: that. Yeah, and also, I, it, depending on how consistently you do it, there's some evidence that shows that the more consistently you do it, the better your body gets at getting into or or, or reaping benefits from those naps. The other thing I want to ask you, and you probably know this, you, you've worked with functional medicine practitioners and you've got the, lots of experience with you you avoid all stimulants right or do you take caffeine still
6: so the only thing that I do in the morning is I am pretty attached to my uh jasmine green tea okay oh, that's- and when I say in the morning I it's usually at 6 a.m I do have about 12 ounces and I am a slow caffeine metabolizer I've had all the DNA oh done too so I that is I feel like I have given up alcohol I've given up Everything, you
1: know what I mean, and so that is <laughs> mm. EJ. Try, try getting. Okay, I, so I I feel you. Okay. You really think that that that, yes. that little bit yes, because she's a slow really? caffeine metabolizer too.
6: I am, and I know that. I've seen it on so, paper. <laughs>
1: that means that the half life. So for people to understand that, that means the half life of caffeine for, like her double for her is longer. So yeah. it's going to stretch out and still be somewhat active in her system when she's trying to nap. Okay, for mm. example, might not affect a night
6: Day, is it's going to affect the nap? I don't think it affects my nighttime as much, yeah. but if I do, I really and you're right. That's a great. I never even thought about it in that way. Yeah. I need to pay attention to it. With I need. Oh damn! Like what's left? Right?
2: Yeah. yeah. Well. So Lisa, well, I do want to circle back on something that you already mm. said, and you know, um, it be, the the consistency around uh, a higher protein diet while you're strength, especially someone who's built as much muscle as you have in the past. That could be part of the missing piece of why you're not getting it back as fast as you want. Is if you're inconsistently hitting those protein intakes, that can make a big difference. And I know you already said I you, you know,
6: I now. I okay. have been and I'm a tracker, I've been tracking food for years. Um, honestly, I did for a year and a half. I played, I shouldn't say I played, I, I was in ketosis, but in a very Mediterranean style, vegetable heavy, but not enough protein. I could only max out at about 78 grams and um obviously i was working against myself the reason i did it though is because i felt like i couldn't educate anyone else about it if i hadn't experienced experimented with it yeah. and let me tell you it works for satiety for women who are hungry man it
2: works yeah we yeah. talked about that okay.
6: um, but yeah. i need 100 i'm shooting for 110 i try to get about 90 grams of animal protein
2: yeah
6: and then um i will supplement with some some great essential amino acids and I will and I do eat plant protein obviously too but I don't really count it per se trying to hit that 90 to 100 of animal is that that that. the right yeah I love
1: that I would I would look there's two there's a few things I would try and I Mm. think that these might make the biggest difference one is and I know this is going to suck but I would eliminate caffeine in the morning so you could try caffeine free green tea um if you need if you because because there's also the ritual of drinking you know the green tea in the morning
6: That so Mm -hmm. I would
1: I would eliminate caffeine if okay. you find that you still need a little bit of you know something, you could try rhodiola. For some people, I
6: ro- that. I do take that every morning, um, okay. and I know combined with the caffeine, yep. that's definitely affecting the naps, right? Because rhodiola is yeah.
1: activating.
6: Uh, so so I, if I do that and then but dump the caffeine and
1: yes, so I would do that first. Then the second okay. thing I would do is I would try to go on a bulk, mm-hmm. and because uh, that especially in women being I did do
6: that. I okay. did do that. Okay. I did that for about 4 months. I pushed my calories when I was keto though. So it was a bulk at a max of Not the same. Grams of protein. Not so the, I-
1: Yeah. No, not I the same. So so the carbs carbohydrates especially in women a, a, a lack of carbohydrates can cause changes in catecholamines oh, yeah. um, and neurotransmitters like serotonin which you know, a little bit of an imbalance there can cause sleep issues as well. So, oh, I
6: yeah, acidone looks really good to me right now. I'm not going to lie. So.
1: <laughs> so, I would try, I would try no caffeine. I would try a bulk with carbohydrates. You don't have to go crazy, but you don't go keto. Yeah,
6: but what does that mean to you? I usually am only at about 30 or 40 grams.
1: Oh, yeah. I bring double it, at least double or triple it, you know? So, what are your. I don't ca-
6: even know how to eat that much food anyway like, like, I, you know, there is that. I have hit that point that I'm like, I, will stand at the counter and think, I literally cannot put any more food in my mouth.
1: DJ, this is when hyper palatable type foods can become valuable. Now I'm not necessarily telling you to eat garbage. I
6: I never eat those. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So I'm
1: not necessarily saying eat garbage, but now this is when you could start to play with foods that you're like, Ooh, this tastes really good. I like the way that this, you know, like I wouldn't recommend this to most people, but you know, like fruit juice, is not, is, is an okay way to add it's
6: a whole banana. Maybe or you know, there you go. <laughs> there you go.
1: You know, you can make yourself a smoothie. So I would play with some hyper palatable foods. I would, I would go into a, a surplus. I would eliminate caffeine and then see what happens with that nap in the
3: middle of the day. Have you ever done a stint of powerlifting like a longer extended amounts of rest periods?
6: Um, If you call that few years that I felt like garbage, that maybe so. I Mm -hmm. was working out and I'm definitely not a person that is, I'm not into cardio. Um, I -hmm. don't work to increase my cortisol at all. I literally try to stay as parasympathetic as I can, Mm -hmm. even with workouts. Um, That said, I played around with that. I do right now even have to take two days off at a time. What are you saying in terms of rest period? Are you saying weeks?
3: Oh, no, no, no I'm talking about between, within the workout. He means between sets and truly trying to maximize your intensity of the lifts in terms of okay. like the load
7: okay. Is, okay. is
3: concerned. And I know like, I like you doing mass 15 because of the maintenance right now and like your phase of right. life and everything. And I think right. it makes sense. But in terms of stress in the system and, and creating something where you're focused on more like optimizing muscle gain and like to Sal's mm-hmm. bulk mm-hmm. and all that and pairing mm-hmm. the two together, you know, might just a stint of that, like a month, you know, yeah. two months of it might
1: moderate moderate intensity, low reps would be a break for your body. If you're doing the oh, eight rest, to twelve
6: same stress periods then in between sets. Yeah, like that's three
2: what you're minutes. talking about. Yeah, three minutes. Three, you know, three minutes. Minute, yeah. Like all longer. Right. Yeah. All right. Like a minute. Yeah. yeah.
6: So. All right, I can definitely do that. That'll take a little bit of self-control practice to do it, but yeah. I can definitely do that. That's yeah. good though.
2: if you say that's a good sign uh, that Justin's on the right hitting the right direction, if you say that would take a lot of self-control, which means you probably don't ever really train in the three minute rest period. so there's some mm-hmm. there's some value mm-hmm. there for you. Yeah. There's yeah. some value there. Yeah. I like that. I know it's
3: hard because at this phase, it's like you got to like really like th- consider so many different things to tighten and screw because you've had so much experience. E-
1: EJ, I have so I have some experience with what you're talking about where I couldn't figure out what the hell was wrong with my sleep and I did everything and I couldn't figure it out. For me, it was simply I was doing too much volume on my workouts and I didn't realize that that had that big of an impact. I dropped the volume. My sleep got greater this may be something simple like the, you know, 30, 40 milligrams of caffeine you have in the morning. I mean, it it could be that, it could be that simple. So I I feel like there's something that you just haven't done yet that is going to make, that'll make the biggest impact.
6: I work out before the nap, after the nap. Do you think that makes a difference?
1: Yes. But if it's too close, if it's before the nap, too close to the nap, you're not going to be able to sleep. So if it's like you work out yeah. and then and then you go thirty minutes an hour later you want to go take a nap you might not be able to i mean i would
2: I would recommend playing with that like i I mean we can have some general advice for you, but I think there's gonna be a, enough of a variance you know with the individual on how they would feel Hi. I don't think I personally if i'm gonna if I know i'm gonna do like try and do a nap at noon or one, I can't train in the morning i've gotta it's gotta be because gotcha. i if i lift if I lift after. You know, three o'clock in the afternoon it affects my workout or my night my nighttime sleep. So it's I, I have to have that's a, most a, people. Yeah, I have to have a pretty big break there. So I mean, play with it. Go do want do some with before and do some after and and see how you feel.
6: All right.
2: Yeah.
6: All right. I appreciate that. I felt like I'm glad you guys said that. You think Maps 15, and I am doing the the I, I played around with the first one, but I have stuck with the advanced. Um, that seemed the closest to me to uh, a workout for someone like me. And I've even kind of recommended that to people. So, um, I appreciate that the feedback you're giving me. Mm-hmm. As yeah,
2: no, that's that. a great choice. Put, put, let's yeah. put
1: her in the forum. If you're not in our forum, I'd love to have you in there. EJ. I'd like to follow up and see what's going, you know, see how you feel.
6: I'm not, I can do that.
1: All right. Yeah, we're we're going to like put you in.
6: there's offer for so many people like me that are floundering.
1: I'm sorry? She, she was I sorry. feel
6: like there's a lot for um, for me to even offer other people in something yes. like that that are floundering like I am. Oh, like-
1: I, oh this is selfish. I, I want you in the forum because I think you're going to benefit the other members in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. I also want to hear how you do, but I think you're, you'd be a valuable ad <laughs> for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate Your that. You're hard on yourself. Yeah. You're doing great,
2: great by the actually. way. Thank yeah. you. So-
6: I, and I feel like I am, I just, uh, I just, it's been a tough road letting go of who I was and, and inviting in who I am and trying to find like where I am in that process. You
2: that's, just that's, need, you just need, tough. you just need a couple young, handsome guys to pump your tires a little bit. That's all. So. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I think you, yeah.
6: you yeah. and you Some have wives guys. that are not where I am yet. Yeah. So this is going to be helpful even for them when your wives end up here. Yeah. It's, it's a lot, you know, we carry these kids, we grow these kids, oh, yeah. we have is, and then here we are, and it's it's a lot.
1: Yep. For no, hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for calling in.
6: I appreciate you all. Thank you. All right, you all right, thank you. Thank you. Take care.
2: That has to be the the the, the hard hardest clients.
6: Oh, hardest uh, clients. Oh, I oh, this is,
2: trying to figure that out. <laughs> if there was, yeah. If there was ever, because um, it's like, are you doing this? Yes. Are you doing that? Yes. Yeah, are you doing yeah. this?
1: Yeah. I, I, honestly, I'm gonna tell you guys right now. I bet you. I will bet this, and I hope she follows up with us. That a bulk with some carbs and a and eliminate caffeine will make a huge impact.
2: Yeah, there was a few things that I I caught there. Yeah. One, she she knew that she underconsumed protein. Okay, so and if you're trying to get back the muscle that you had at your your peak mm-hmm. and in your fifties and you're already fighting against hormones, I find that that's going to be crucial right. that she stays that consistently. The fact that she did make the point when Justin mentioned the long rest periods of three minutes she was like oh wow she made a big deal yeah. that that was to take a lot of mental which tell which signals to me that she moves kind of quick through yeah, her workouts moves, yeah and if that was if that's going to require she's discipline so, so there's there's definitely mm-hmm. value there and then your point about bulking and the cutting i mean th- there's some stuff there even though she's checking a lot of the boxes i mean that was the part that was so hard as a, as a coach and trainer with a client like this that I, I would I get lost sometimes. Yeah. I feel like we were we were doing a lot of the right things and, and just not. And you know it. what
1: happens? What's common with somebody who's a fitness fanatic? The place that they refuse to look at, or the place that they really don't want to look at, is usually where the answer is. Yeah. And you can see when she talked about her green tea in the morning, like this is the last thing that I, you know, that the happened. very last thing. Yeah. Well, like, well, you hit it. Good. You hit it too because she she
2: knows she's tested for it and she's she's seen it. You yeah. Know? So she's not unaware. You know. No. So. No.
1: And I'm, I'm I I I've seen it. Make a huge difference in lot. I, ha- I don't I'm not, I don't think I'm a slow metabolizer of caffeine, but I definitely metabolize slower than, let's say like you guys. And I can see I take my caffeine early in the morning, too, and I see a difference when it's above like two hundred and fifty milligrams for my night sleep. so I, I wouldn't be surprised if that had a big impact. Our next caller is Shane from New York. Shane, what's happening? How can we help you, man?
8: Not much, not much guys. I uh, hope hope you're all doing well. could could go on for forever. I've been a listener since twenty sixteen and um, you guys have done a ton to change my relationship to food exercise. I mean, genuinely just have have improved my life by a lot. so wanted to just say thank you first of all and appreciate everything you guys do. Hey, awesome thanks yeah, support, I recognize man. your
2: name for sure. I know we've chatted before probably on Instagram. yeah, I, I DM you on Instagram every now and then
8: yeah. awesome. so yeah, i um I don't really know, you know what necessarily like what the question is going to be here. I might just look be looking for encouragement more than anything. But um, as I just kind of referenced, I've been lifting for a long time. I was a competitive powerlifter in high school. So I've um, been lifting heavy weights for about 15 years and um, got really big this summer, was really strong and in a really good groove and um, eating a lot, making gains and all my big lifts and unfortunately injured a disc deadlifting um, to the extent like I couldn't walk, sit for a long time. So um, ended up in the ER, which you know eventually led to seeing an orthopedic surgeon and had a micro surgery in September of this year. Um, so not sure if any of you have had clients that have dealt with something like that, but essentially first six weeks of recovery felt very easily. PT was getting better and better um, and unfortunately injured myself again. And for the next month was trying to rehab it, but um, ended up in surgery again. So I've had two surgeries on my spine in the last three months. Um, Outlook for lifting in the future is obviously quite different now. So um, just was wondering, like, if you guys have had any clients, first of all, have surgeries similar to that. and. Understanding, like you guys are not doctors or PTs and I'll obviously listen to my doctor's advice on all this stuff. But I'm um, just curious if you guys have had anyone go through something like that. Um, Adam, I know you had the ACL surgery. So um, just kind of like dealing with some body image issues as I see my body change and kind of trying to think of like what stuff in the future might be helpful um, or even now, like while I can't be in the gym, ways that maybe you guys have shifted your mindset in yeah, situations bro, like
2: this. Uh, so you, I don't actually share yeah. all of it on the podcast because I don't think we've ever gone too deep on so, so many this. injuries but yeah i actually <laughs> this is how this is and literally it's around around the same time frame as far as what how old i was so it started i think 28 was the first one so i actually tore uh acl mcl mcl then i ro- uh, then i got a level three sprain in the, the next season right when i came back and because i wasn't going to hang oh, it up I yet bet the sprain
1: was even worse oh the level Those three the sprains worst.
2: were nasty so i got a level three sprain on the right ankle uh, the next season, you know, rehabbed, all that stuff, of that d- denied, I'm coming back again. Next season, I roll the other uh, ankle with a level three sprain. Same thing again, I'm still coming back. The next season when I when I blew the Achilles. And the Achilles was the final, like, okay, I get the sign. Okay, someone's trying to give me a sign here that it's time to start focusing more on health and maybe I'll just I'll slow down a little bit on trying to be the buff guy also playing basketball, which was not a good, good idea. So, yeah, I, I think... This is kind of – because you can definitely still be hella strong, hella fit, but you have reached a level probably with lifting uh, that's uh, elite, and you still want to get after it that way, and you're getting in a place in your life where maybe your priorities are starting to shift, and so um, it's a very – Common transition that we all go through. And we all go through it at different ages. It's not like oh, this happens at thirty. I mean, some people it gets prolonged till forty something. Some people it happens as early in their late twenties. Uh, for me, it was around this time in my life, and I was stubborn and resisted it for a while, and then I just learned to take my competitive mindset and shift it uh, to other things. And if you've been listening for seven years, like you said, you probably remember this was when I. Became the mobility guy, you know. I was like totally not a, and it was hard. The, it originally, I mean, I made it. I made it, it seem like it wasn't that difficult, but the it, the most difficult part was not the gym work. It was the the mental side, you know, of of not being the super buff, strong, or basketball player guy. And now I'm this, you know, guy that I used to make fun of, the yogi mobility dude. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> Shane, Shane, the the micro uh, dissectomy You got the same procedure twice, and was it on the same disc? Or different, yeah,
8: yeah. L 5s one and um, yeah, revision discectomy. About three months later on Christmas Eve this year, okay. so I'm about so, four weeks out from that.
1: So that's sometimes they call that like a micro decompression. And so, th- so for people who don't know, that you have a herniated disc. They go in and they alleviate some of that by taking off some of the disc, or, or you know, uh, they shave it.
2: They shave the edge essentially.
1: Or- so, but it happened twice, same disc. So whatever's causing it is kind of still there. Right. Um, now I've trained people who've had this procedure. I've trained people who've had, you know, a lot worse than this. And you could totally, you could totally rehab to the point where this is no longer an issue, but it's going to take some time. There's some, there's some compensations that you've probably created. And there's probably some imbalances that you have, you haven't been able to identify. First off, I would say this, um, you like to work out, you like to lift weights. I would definitely train more like a bodybuilder. For a while than like a power lifter. I wouldn't train at all like a power lifter for a long time. Bodybuilding, the classic bodybuilding, I'm not talking about Ronnie Coleman bodybuilding because he did a lot of powerlifting, but like, you know, Dexter Jackson bodybuilding. Like there's a reason why Dexter Jackson is, you know, it's almost 60 and he's never had an injury and he still bodybuilds, right? Bodybuilding is very much focusing on the muscle, the weight doesn't matter, focus on the pump, the squeeze. There's a lot of longevity yeah. in that kind of training. And the reason why I'm I'm saying this to you is because it's still fun. Mm-hmm. You're still building muscle, so it's not like this huge switch where you're like, "Oh my God, I'm not even lifting weights in, in, in a fun way anymore." So I would focus more on bodybuilding. I think a program like Map Symmetry would yeah. be phenomenal for some lateral training
3: would be huge, huge. To, to stick with that. For
1: yeah, a long time. you might have uh, you know a, a, an imbalance between the right and left that's causing some of this issue, or some imbalances in the in, in how your muscles fire. Um, Symmetry is phenomenal uh, at at highlighting those types of things. I would do map symmetry and I would avoid the five by five phase at the end. In fact, I would have you do map symmetry probably two times in a row and then do more bodybuilding style training and then see how you feel after that. And then as far as your, your lump, you know, your, your spine is concerned, I would do box squats. I would avoid traditional barbell squats. I would do box squats, real controlled, real slow, real stable. So, Real control. Don't don't just drop on the box. That'll hurt your spine. But slowly control the descent. Pause on the box. Stand back up. I would do squats like that for a while. And then I would do trap bar deadlifts for your deadlifts for a little while. Train like a bodybuilder. But let's start with map symmetry. I think map symmetry would be perfect. And you'll build muscle. You'll get great re- – if anything, you might even get to the point where you're stronger than you were before – because you, you, you've you solved some of these See, issues. That's what I
3: anticipate, and that's really, like, I would steer you in the unilateral training for a really long time. Yeah. Like, as much as, like, you can stomach in terms of, like, shifting your entire mindset in that direction and just really just paying attention to every little shift of your body, every little compensation that's creeping up and stop and, and really just, you know, regain focus, control, and, and bracing and, and really just pay attention to all that stuff exclusively. Yes, it's going to get mundane if you just go in the mobility direction and i get that i mean that's obviously something's going to benefit you but in terms of strength training and like really like just you know focusing in and harnessing that ability for your body to just maintain this really solid rigid uh position i think will will benefit you long term to get back to a position where you're like i feel like strong and powerful again
1: shane what was your what was your your pr at deadlift what were you pulling
8: gosh guys i mean like you know it really went up a lot this summer. So I hurt myself pulling uh, about 495 and I was just in in demon mode after a breakup this summer kind of thing. So so, uh, I feel like the the MAPS programs kept me injury free for a long time, cycling throughout and just got a little bit ahead of myself this summer, probably on a day I shouldn't have been in the gym after traveling.
1: So you're getting to five plates. So here's what happens. Muscle imbalances when you're strong are really hard to identify because you've built patterns And you've strengthened those patterns to the point where you could pull almost 500 pounds. So, symmetry is going to highlight that. It's going to open, you're going to see differences in how you move right to left, weaknesses, stability issues, stamina, fatigue. Allow the weaker side to dictate how many reps and what the weight you use. Don't let the stronger side dictate that. And watch what happens. Watch what happens. You're going to have to avoid bilateral training and heavy training for a while because when you train heavy, your body's going to do what it does best to lift heavy, which is whatever the hell you were doing before, whatever imbalances or issues that you had before, that's your default pattern. And it's, it's going to be hard for you to identify it if you continue to train that way, because that's the best way that you move to lift that weight. You're going to have to back off for a while and re- and develop brand new patterns And the best way to do that is going to be bilateral, uh, unilateral training.
2: Yeah, I like the idea of actually running symmetry and aesthetic and split. But when you run aesthetic and split, actually pulling out the exercises like the traditional. Uh, deadlift or the squat, and replacing it with unilateral work. So literally, you could follow the program to the T, but just when it calls for a barbell back squat, you go do Bulgarian yeah. split squat. I would go symmetry sure. twice. Yeah.
1: I would go two two rounds of symmetry, yeah, and I would the avoid first
3: three phases, not the fourth.
1: I would avoid a fi- the 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 last phase, and I would do that twice before moving to a, a bodybuilding type yeah. you know type of work. And then
3: even
2: way. when you go to the bodybuilding, run like I said, yep. s- do still do you, where we call for. A lot of bilateral stuff like this, the barbell back squat or deadlift, you switch it out to unilateral stuff. Do Bulgarian split squat. Do single leg deadlift. Yep. Um, and, but you could still run the, the the nuts and bolts of the program. I think you'd get a lot of value from that. Yeah.
1: Don't get discouraged because this is actually – if you do this right, you're going to be stronger than you were before. Right. Because you got as strong as you could with whatever imbalance that you had. hmm and 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 you kept that that imbalance and go away. If you if for anybody who's listening, if you have an injury that you then have again, the exact same injury, that root issue is still there. Mm-hmm. So you hit a wall and the way you hit a wall is your body
3: got hurt. This is a recruitment issue.
1: So if we if we figure that out, which I think symmetry will do for you, not only will you not hit that wall again, but you're going to go past you're going to be able to go past it. So this is actually this could definitely turn into a good thing especially at your age. You haven't even hit your the the age at which you can hit your max lifts, so you got some time. This will be a lot of fun.
8: Do you Still have some old man? Still <laughs> got the old man strength coming. Yeah, yeah, coming. Yeah, you, sure. you, you, you
1: got more time for that. Do you have symmetry, by the way? I do not have symmetry. Right, no, we'll, we'll send that to you, Shane.
8: Awesome, amazing guys. I guess, like Sal, one one more quick question, if I could. Do you recall you you mentioned you worked with someone with a microdiscectomy? Do you remember, like? roughly how long after they were starting to get back into stuff. And of course I'll run this all by my doctor, but I'm just curious your they, experience.
1: I, you know, the, 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 I've so I had two people who I worked with, but they were not 30 year old, you know, people who could pull five plates. They were, you know, they were in their forties. They were athletic. And um, it took, let me think, One person, it took us about six months. The other person took maybe nine months or longer, but we got them. They were better afterwards. We got them better.
2: The key, the key for you, Shane, is going to. And I I love the advice of the, you know, lift like a bodybuilder, like you really need to you need to have the approach of of just not caring about the load. I mean, if something it feels light to you, slow the tempo down more. Yeah. Like that. Feel the muscle. You with your amount of muscle, your youth on your side, as soon as the doctor clears you to go, you're going to be fine. You're going to be just but you have to approach it with that mentality and don't don't get caught up with oh man, I was doing this much before like you you don't even think like that. It's think like a bodybuilder. Slow the tempo down, squeeze the muscles. Like if you train like that, you're going to be back and, and, and make a moves pretty quick. You'll
8: be right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, really appreciate it. Love you guys. And uh, again, thanks. Thanks so much for everything you do. Really appreciate. All
1: right, man. Thank you. Later on. You know, just as a person, just as a personal example, um, I hit my, the best deadlift I had ever hit previous to the one that I recently did. I was in my mid thirties. I hit 600 pounds and then I couldn't, Uh, Once I got up to like, after that, if I got up to like 550, 560, I'd notice SI joint pain or hip pain and it just, I couldn't get it back up to six for a long time. Then I got to my forties and you, you know, this, I was telling you guys this, I haven't deadlifted in a while. I'm doing single leg deadlifts. I'm doing lunges and single leg exercises and I'm avoiding heavy squats even. And I did that for like eight months. And then I went back to the bilateral heavy training and I hit a PR at an age when I shouldn't have, so you can do uh, your limit. Oftentimes, isn't necessarily your limit. It's what your body's like. This any further than this, we're going to hurt you. And uh, you, if you figure out what that problem is, then you're able to go past
3: it's it. Funny, once I figured that out, like in terms of like when that starts creeping up, and you notice these patterns of like my hip starts to bother me. Yep. You know, my it's always the same thing. It's too. It's the same thing that I immediately jump to unilateral training. Go through a block of that to where i feel like really reinforced before i even come back to my level
2: training. yeah I, I wonder how much we didn't get a chance to really ask him um but how much digging he's done like I, like someone like this would have tremendous value of like uh training in bare feet and seeing like the discrepancy from the left to yeah, right, sure. like especially with something like like a deadlift like that, like he may not even know it, but you have yeah. a slight pronation on one side. Totally stronger Just, feet
3: is that's that's what's holding you to the
2: earth, right? And and you know you know you can get away with it when you're a stronger young guy and you're lifting 200, two hundred, three hundred, four. But you start getting as it gets up that the 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 ability for it to be slightly off. And to injure you is oh, man. the room for air is very, very little. Yeah. So he could just, he could literally be like this and just have this slight pronation on and right on one, up the connection. Yeah, right now, up. And, and, so,
1: and I didn't want to share this with him. I had more clients who were going to get. Uh, this procedure, the it. who then came to see me, yeah. and then eventually
2: didn't have to get it. The you see, obviously, you guys have all seen. I mean, seen you,
1: when you go to a sur- surgeon, there's a lot, there's a lot
2: of controversy around uh, shaving discs and stuff like there's, that.
1: Surgeons Just, are phenomenal, but but when you go to a surgeon, the answers that they have is based on their what they understand. Yes, yeah, the one answer. And so, like, oh, you heard, like, we could do this, yeah. But I've had, I had two clients who had this procedure. I had a dozen who were going to get it who then came and trained with me. I've
2: had clients in yeah. situations where you have somebody who has barely, you know, a millimeter out and they're in crazy pain. Then I've had others that have like five millimeters. Feel shot. nothing. Feel nothing. <laughs> yeah. And they, then the doctor's like, you, are you in pain? And like, no, I don't feel no big deal. Yeah. So yeah, it's, a, I had one, I actually had, had one, variance.
1: I actually had one surgeon. We would talk about this and he said, Oh, it's funny. He goes, Sal, if you took a hundred people out in the street with no back pain, and you did some imaging on their spine, 50% of them would have herniated discs or whatever. Uh-huh. So he says it's not, it's it's a lot I've more complicated than people think. Yeah. Look, if you like mind pump, head over to mindpumpfree.com and check out our guides. We have guides that can help you with almost any health or fitness goal. You can also find all of us on social media. So Justin is on Instagram at mindpumpjustin. Adam is on Instagram at mindpumpadam, and you can find me on Twitter at Mind Pump Sal.
0: Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB super bundle at mindpumpmedia.com.